pa 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 my name is James Rowlands. In 2015, I teamed up with my friend Dan White to create the Dubbing Our podcast. Since then, we have been giving you everything that's happened on the WWE Network. Now, in 2018, not only are we live for the big four events in every NXT TakeOver, but we celebrate 20 years since the birth of the Attitude Era. Plus, every month we bring you 205 Live, collections, new content, WWE pay-per-views and latest news on the WWE Network. Until we've watched everything, we are with you, and we are the WNR. Yes, hello. I am James Rowlands, and as always, I'm joined by... Damn right. And today, it's the WNR celebrates the WWE Hall of Fame class of 2018. This is the third of seven podcasts that we're doing. We're doing seven podcasts in nine days. This is number three, the WWE Hall of Fame special. We've done this last year. Really enjoyed it. So we're now, and on this show, this is what we're going to give you. Well, we're going to give you a brief history on the inductees into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, we're going to let you know who's inducting them. We're going to have one match from each of the Hall of Fame inductees. Yeah, we're going to then talk about the Warrior Award that's handed out. In what has become a major event on the WWE calendar, the WWE Hall of Fame ceremony plays during WrestleMania weekend as part of the biggest time of the year for the world's biggest professional wrestling organisation. The 2018 WWE Hall of Fame ceremony would take place at the Smoothie King Centre in New Orleans on Friday, April the 6th, two nights before WrestleMania 34 at the Mercedes-Benz Superdrome. Not the Silverdome hoaxer. And the 2018 class is stacked. While many of the superstars on this list have won titles in numerous organisations around the world, what's this is here is what's recognised by WWE, meaning that you'll see the accomplishments from WWE, WCW and ECW and one, and one random NWA title thrown in there as part of an agreement back in the late 90s. So let's take a look at the update list of the W Hall of Fame class of 2018 and the main in- the headline act, Dan. The headline, the main event, Mr. Pay-Per-View Bergen. He's a one-time WCW heavyweight champion, a two-time WCW United States champion, a one-time WCW world tag team champion, and he's the fifth WCW triple crown champion in history. He's a one-time WWE world heavyweight champion. He's a one-time WWE universal champion, and he boasted a 173-match undefeated streak. Yeah, we're going to have two matches from Goldberg here. Dan, one is your choice. See if you get to thinking now what you want to see. Goldberg was a major part of the popularity of professional wrestling during the Monday Night War between WWE and WCW. He broke onto the scene in 1997 and became WCW World Heavyweight Champion less than a year after his debut by defeating Hollywood Hogan on, Ju- on July 6th, 1998 on an episode of Monday Nitro. He went undefeated for more than a year, racking up 173 straight wins before losing in controversial fashion to Kevin Nash at Starcade in late 1998. Winning a second United States Championship and a WCW World Tag Team Championship alongside Bret the Hitman Hart, Goldberg debuted in WWE the night after WrestleMania 19 and spent a year with the company, including a run with the World Heavyweight Championship, <coughs> before leaving following his match with Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 20. 
Well, after more than 12 years, Goldberg returned to WWE in 2016 and once again defeated Lesnar in dramatic fashion before beating Kevin Owens at the WWE Universal Championship in early 2017. A total he held for just under a month. He once again faced Lesnar at WrestleMania 33 and lost the belt in his final match in WWE. Goldberg was the first inductee announced for this year's Hall of Fame class. And the next inductee is Dan? The Dudley Boys. And let me know a little bit of their facts. Uh, well, they're an eight-time ECW World Tag Team Champions. They're one-time WWE Tag Team Champions, eight-time WWE slash World Tag Team Champions, and a one-time Tag Team Champions. Yeah, one of the most popular successful tag teams in professional wrestling history, the Dudley Boys take their much-deserved place in the W Hall of Fame as part of this year's group of inductees. After years of success and title reigns in ECW, Bubba Ray and Devon came to WWE 99 and wanted to have some of the most talked about matches of the era. Their TLC battles with Edge and Christian and the Hardy Boys remain some of the most entertaining bouts in WWE history. From the time they arrived to the time they departed in 2005, the duo won eight WWE Tag Team Championships, one WWE World Tag Team Championship, and one WCW World Tag Team Championship. After a decade away from the company, the Dudley Boys returned to WWE in 2015 and spent one more year with the company before once again departing in 2016. They did return to WWE programming one more time as part of the 25th anniversary celebration of Monday Night Raw earlier this year. And the next inductor, the next person is Dan. Uh, the next inductee is Ivory. And she was a three-time WWE Women's Champion. And after many years away from the ring, following some early success in her career, Ivory came to the WWE in 1999 and brought some legitimacy to the women's division. She won her first WWE Women's Championship just six months after her debut, going on to hold the title on two more occasions, including one run as a member of the Right to Censor. She won her third title in a fatal four-way match with Trish Stratus, Lita and Jacqueline, all of whom already met fame. She lost the title to China at WrestleMania 17. Well, Ivory stayed with WWE until 2005, and although she would never regain the Women's Championship, she was helpful in making other women in the company successful, including a stint as a trainer on Tough Enough. And then up next, James, I'll let you do this one because you're such a big fan of him. Yeah, well, it is Jeff Jarrett. That is J-E-F-F-J-A-R-R-E-T. He is a four-time WCW World Heavyweight Champion, unbelievably. He's a three-time WCW United States Champion, one-time NWA North American Champion, part of the NWO invasion of WWE that we're watching now in 1998, uh, six-time WWE Intercontinental Champion, one-time European Champion, and one-time WWE Tag Team Champion. Well, he's easily the most shocking inductee of the WWE Hall of Fame class of 2018. Jeff Jarrett will return to the WWE for the first time since 1999, the year he left the company to return to WCW. As part of a big wrestling family, Jarrett debuted in WWE in 92 as part of a cross-promotion with his father's USWA. After appearances here and there, he became a regular on WWE programming in late 1993 with a country music singer gimmick and won the Intercontinental Championship three times before leaving for WCW in 96. He actually became a member of the Four Horsemen and winning the US Championship before heading back to 1997. Sporting a bit of a different gimmick upon his return, Jarrett racked up more titles, capturing the WWE Tag Team Championship with Owen Hart, winning the European Championship and regaining the IC title. He would hold six times in a combined... You know, To think about Jeff Jarrett, so successful as a kind of mid-carder... And later on in WCW as a headliner, six-time tied for third on all-time list with uh, with RVD behind only the Miz and Chris Jericho. And between them, what Miz is on eight and Jericho's on nine now. So yeah. it, it's pretty incredible. 
Well, Jarrett went back to WCW in 1999, winning the US Championship two more times, and also finally got to the top of the mountain, becoming the WCW World Heavyweight Champion on four occasions. When WCW was acquired by WWE in 2001, Jarrett did not come back, instead choosing to go his own way and create companies of his own. His acceptance speech has the potential to be the best of the night. Uh, we'll get on to, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about that now quickly because we have got a couple more people. But I'm hoping, I was thinking about this last night, I think Bubba Ray and Devon, or Bubba especially, is going to have a cracking speech. With Goldberg, I'm a little bit worried about it. But, I mean, who do you think is going to have the best? Well, you know, it's a toss-up between Hillbilly Jim and Ivory for me. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, no uh, yeah, you know, because Bubba Ray, I think, is a great talker. I don't know, Goldberg, you might have had something written down for him. You know, we've seen him recently on uh, programs, kind of acting his little heart out. Yes. I've seen him recently on the Goldbergs, funnily enough. And, uh, you know, he's been making sporadic appearances on The Flash. So, you know, he's he's used to learning lines and reading them out. So, yeah, well, you know, maybe he might have improved a bit. Yeah, and also, he's I think he's hosting Forged in Fire as well, which anybody's ever watched that on the History Channel, he's doing a new series. So, yeah, he's going to get a lot of confidence and obviously he's going to be the headline act. But there's one man maybe that can steal the show in that, Dan, is Hillbilly Jim. Yes, well, although Hillbilly Jim never won a single title during his run in WWE or anywhere else for that matter, He was a very popular superstar in the company during the 1980s. He began his WWE career as a plant in the crowd in 1984 and after jumping the barricade to help out Hulk Hogan during a beatdown at the hands of Big John Studd and Ken Patera, the Kentucky native was a fan favourite in his entire career until his departure in 1990. In the years following, he made sporadic appearances on WWE programming, including the spot in the gimmick battle roar at WrestleMania 17. And the last award they're going to hang out, hand out is the Warrior Award, and this is for Jarius J.J. Robertson. The fourth annual Warrior Award will be received by 15-year-old J.J. Robertson, a double liver transplant survivor who's been a fan of WWE for quite some time. If you notice my voice change. An advocate for organ donation, Robertson has undergone numerous surgeries, including two liver transplants, positive throughout the process, and his positive attitude with a strong will made the world take notice. Robertson, a New Orleans resident, will be presented the award at the ceremony by Dana Warrior, widow of W Hall of Famer, the Ultimate Warrior. So, so yes, that who is going to be inducting them into the Hall of Fame 2018? Let's start off with Jeff Jarrett. Very dog. Jesse James, or Brian James as he's known, talking to Renee Young at last night's SmackDown, discussing how he will induct Jeff Jarrett into the WWE Hall of Fame. Well, you know, it's he, he started out as his singer, didn't he? So, you know, it's kind of uh, fitting. Well, it's weird because the road, roadie, he was the roadie for Jeff Jarrett, and that's how yeah. it, it went on to Road Dog. Um, well, he called it an honour and a privilege and said, and said the two have been really good friends as of late. Renee asked Dog if he can sing a few lines from With My Baby Tonight, but he gives her a bunch of excuses instead. The Road Dog does tease a potential performance at the WWE Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Though. Yeah, and that was the song that Jeff Jarrett lip-synced to Road Dog singing. Well, my baby working hard on the floor, but the can't answer. I tell you, if might put that on in this episode at some point. All right, so now, what about Bill Goldberg? Uh, well, what? Bill Goldberg... What, who, I mean, with Goldberg, we'll discuss this before we give the answer to it. Because, I mean, Goldberg's had a lot of opponents over time, hasn't he? And people would make sense being, you know, who to induct him. Yeah. You know, who is inducting him, Dan? Well, his name is Pa Heyman. <laughs> Does that make sense? Are you happy with that? I don't know. It doesn't make sense. But who else could induct Goldberg? I mean, you know, he's not really 
formed a lot of alliances, you know, aside from winning the tag team championships with Bret Hart, you know, there's not really been anyone else in his corner. He's always done it alone. Yeah, but I mean, Eric Bischoff came or helped out the Goldberg character, you know, say maybe created a good one to talk about the experience in WCW. Maybe someone who's just been a fan of Goldberg, like JR, you know, they've been a fan of his work for, for a long time. Yeah. I remember well, me, when... I could induct him. Yeah, you could induct him, but I remember JR saying when Goldberg first arrived in WWE about the booking problem with it, it was that... Uh, you should be treated like John Wayne. He was he was booked like Nathan Lane, you know. And, and I always remember Jr. being. Uh, and there's a line at Survivor Series 2003 when Goldberg's like got the arm in a cast and he beats the shit out of Evolution. Jr.'s just like, if Goldberg could do this with one arm, what can he do with two? <laughs> You're just like, yeah, man. But I think I think Jr.'s got a thing for bald-headed men with goatees. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, yeah. But um, Paul Heyman, I could maybe see because of the the thing with Lesnar. But if we're kayfabe and stuff you know Heyman doesn't like Goldberg well you know what What do we know about Goldberg he's not a great talker and who is possibly the greatest yeah. talker in the WWE at the moment and it is none other than Paul Heyman so you know I think Heyman could tee up the crowd for Goldberg to say well who's next yeah 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 and, most, most you know, definitely that's all you need to say so the WWE Hall of Fame in a recent interview with Mo's upcoming and evening with Paul Heyman show Paul Heyman explained why he's inducted Goldberg into this year's WWE Hall of Fame class here's what he's had to say I am. <laughs> I am inducting Goldberg because it was Bill Goldberg's specific request to WWE. Bill Goldberg personally requested that I induct him into the Hall of Fame. I have such respect for Goldberg as so far the one person who has truly taken a fight to Brock Lesnar in WWE. I also, <laughs> no, sorry, I also got a chance to witness him behind the scenes as a man, a husband, a father. And I have the utmost respect for him as a human being and an honoured and I'm honoured to be the one to encapsulate this moment for him and be the one to formally induct him into the Hall of Fame. I also understand his WCW audience's passion that somebody from WCW would be the one that inducts Bill into the Hall of Fame. But this was his wish and I would suggest that it is a much personal wish as it is a professional wish. And there is an entire audience of W fans that will tell you that Goldberg's match with Lesnar at Survivor Series, which Bill won in a minute and a half, was a crowning moment of Bill Goldberg's career. That, the true story of Goldberg, wasn't just his rampage through the ranks in WCW, then his brief run in WWE, but the fact that 12 years after he had ever stopped, stepped in a ring, he came back in top form, probably better than ever, at the peak of his game, as a completely different man, but not a different character. To many, that was a crowning achievement of Goldberg. What do you think of that reason for Heyman doing it then? It certainly makes sense and it clears things up for us as well, I believe. Yeah, it does. So the next person, or the next people being inducted, are the Dudley boys and they're being inducted by. I mean, let's have a think about this first. Dan, who would you maybe have picked for the Dudley boys? Um, Spike. Spike would have been Big Dick. Big Dick Dudley, yeah. <laughs> no, I was talking about myself. <laughs> Uh, Decon Batista D- yeah. <laughs> Paul Heyman yeah EC Dub yeah no well they've gone for Edge and Christian oh, which you know it does make sense again Edge and Christian great talkers they've got the second best wrestling based p- podcast going <laughs> yeah exactly yeah so you know it's uh, yeah you know they've had some great matches I don't think Matt Hardy would probably uh, be able to do it in his current woken character, and Jeff Hardy would probably be too intoxicated to be able to do it. Well, Jeff's not 
uh, tall Carizzi. And, and Adrian Christian, like I said, they've got the personality there. The feud they have with the Dudleys, I think it is a perfect choice. And I'll be really looking forward to that. I think that's the speeches that, uh, that all of the time in the show, I'm really going to be paying attention. How is... many times do you reckon Devon will say, testify? <laughs> testify. And then Baba Rao go, Devon, Oh, that'll be at the, the end. Table. Yeah, that'll be at the end. That'll be their bit when they, oh, you just ruined it for everybody, Dan. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Right. Sorry. Uh, okay, so Ivory, who can induct her into the Ivory? China, oh no. China, China no, WrestleMania 17 match. Uh, Ivory, well, she's, she's been there a long time. She made our top 25, uh, yeah. women of all time, yeah, I should yeah. say. Former Glow champion, the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. And she had an impact back in the early 90s. If you go onto Netflix, I don't want to, other streaming services are available, of course. Uh, if you go on there, you can see Glow and you can see the documentary with Ivory on it. Uh, working her way through and come over to the 90s you know and Ivory she was a worker as well she wasn't like um, uh, don't get me wrong I don't want to have a go at her for her looks yeah. she, she was a good looking girl you know but uh, like you said with feuds and stuff Moolah Mae Young unfortunately have passed by now so is China so they've, they've gone for um, Molly Holly I, was I, you know Molly Holly Dad, what do you think I think they've chosen someone that's not going to outshadow her really mm. you know Trish Lita you know, I think they're they'll have shadowed her, but yeah, you know, Molly Holly, another not bad women's performer. I, I think Molly, uh, she made our top twenty-five list, and I think she deserves Hall of Fame appearance as well, uh, Hall of Fame induction at some point as well. Uh, I, I think that's good. I think I'm I'm happy with that. Uh, Mark Henry, there's not been announced yet, but I would love it. Tony Atlas. So I'd also say D'Lo Brown. D'Lo Brown, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when's the last time we saw D'Lo? Yeah. Apart from the Jaws incident. Well, you know, D'Lo, Karma Mustafa, <laughs> yeah. uh, Ron, Ron Simmons, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Come The on. Rock. Yeah. Oh, that would be brilliant, all of them putting their fists in the air. Should say WWE have announced that Big Show will induct Mark Henry into the Hall of Fame. So that is all the inductions, inductors then. What do you think of the Big Show in, inducting Mark Henry into the uh, Hall of Fame? I would have liked to have Dino Brown, or I would have liked to have maybe Fruit there, but Big Show doing it makes sense. These are the two kind of giants that have been in WWE these past, you know, couple of decades, a decade or so. So with Big Show, they've had a few great matches. Yeah, fair play. Uh, we talked yeah. about <laughs> we talked about Double J with Road Dog, Hillbilly Jim. Well, this is very interesting. Who he want to induct him? Yeah, but who he's going to get, I'm not really sure. You know. Who's he want to induct him? He now? wants Hogan to induct him because, of course, you know, he was a plant. He helped out Ho Hogan for his first appearance in WWF. So, you know, it, it would make sense. But I, I, I I'm not quite up to date with, you know, who the uh, the current status between Hogan and the WWE are. Well, it's weird you ask that question because we're going to answer that on the WNR 151 podcast on Friday where we've got some Hulk Hogan news. news. Uh, if he is going to be at WrestleMania or not. Uh, Hillbilly wants he. I think with with Hillbilly, it's just whatever eighties wrestlers available to do it. Really, isn't it? Not in a horrible yeah. way to Hillbilly yeah. Jim, but it's just like whoever's going to make it to the show. So Hillbilly WWE revealed today that Jimmy Hart will be inducting Hillbilly Jim into the WWE Hall of Fame on April sixth for New Orleans. The two are friends who were last seen together on W programming as part of the Legends House reality show in twenty fourteen. I basically said just add an eighties wrestler to it, and that's what they've done with Jimmy Hart. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> And it's exactly the same with Kid Rock because we don't know he's part of the... We haven't mentioned him yet. The celebrity yeah. inductee Kid Rock. I mean, what are his big moments in wrestling? Um, well, you know, he performed The Undertaker's American Badass uh, tune when he was going through his biker gimmick. He performed Stabler's legs. Yeah, no, no, he didn't perform as her legs. 
the ZZ Top cover, Legs. Oh, Legs for Stacey Keebler. Stacey Keebler, yeah, yeah. I get it now. And he performed at WrestleMania 25 and a few other WWE events. Yeah, and uh, his song will probably be used for WrestleMania as well as a tie-in. Uh, Kid Rock joins legendary people like um, Donald Trump and uh, Mike Tyson into the Hall of Fame. Alright, so let's get more details on this year's class. And let's start watching some of the ma- matches lined up. We're going to have one for each, but I was travelling through uh, WWE No Way Out 2000. And we're just going to start watching it here because a very interesting match uh, happened. Like the Dudleys, there's loads of ECW stuff to pick from. I think one day we'll we'll look at Dudleys in their own right as maybe a podcast special, if you know what I mean. But um, at, until that point comes, we'll just do it here because the Dudleys debuted in WWE in late 1999. And the team to beat at that moment in time, you would say, before Edge and Christian and the Hardys, was the New Age Outlaws. As we've seen in 1998, there'd been a big tag team and they would carry on. So we're, No Way Out 2000 is the New Age Outlaws defending the tag team titles against the Dudley boys who've only been it for three months. So we're just going to have this on the background as we talk more about the Dudleys. Well, the WWE Hall of Fame will need tables because the Dudley boys are moving in. As first reported by myself and James... Bubba Ray and Devon Dudley are the latest inductees into the WWE Hall of Fame class of 2018. Uh, the Dudley Boys' journey to the WWE Hall of Fame began in ECW 1996, when Bubba and Devon, the sons of the unseen Big Daddy Dudley, were on opposite sides of a family feud among brothers clad in tie-dye and thick-rimmed glasses. Eventually, Bubba Ray and Devon joined forces and kicked off two decades of tag team dominance. Well, in ECW, the Dudley Boys were perhaps the promotion's most reveled villains, Bubba Ray and Devon could grab the microphone and antagonise audiences to the brink of full-scale riots. Once the bell rang, they were just as dangerous with a, uh, with a penchance for punishing opponents by slamming them through tables and a devastating double-team manoeuvre known as the 3D in their arsenal. The Dudleys captured the ECW Tag Team Championships eight times before they left the land of extreme in 1999. So like I said, there's a lot of Dudleys in ECW who will be doing... Uh a Dudley special sum. Well, Bubba Ray and Devon soon arrived in WWE, ditching the tie-dye for camouflage, but keeping the same nasty attitude that brought them success. Not to mention a healthy stock of tables to drive their foes through. Rings of Dudley's found a pair of teams just as willing to push competition to its extreme ends in the Hardy Boys and Edge of Christian. The trio of tag teams turned the squared circle into their own demolition derby, using tables, ladders and chairs, oh my, to punish one another. Their hardcore tendencies converged in the first ever TLC match at Samsung 2000 and led to the classic sequel on the grandest stage of them all at WrestleMania 17. By the time they had left WWE in 2005, the Dudley boys have racked up eight reigns as world tag team champions, one as WWE tag team champions and one as WCW tag team champions. Ten years later, the 17-time tag team champions returned to WWE to compete with a new generation of superstars, introducing teams like the New Day and the Usos to their brand of hardcore wrestling and a few tables. Though they left WWE again in 2016, the W Universe never forget them, as evidenced by the raucous reception they received at Raw 25 when Bubba Ray and Devon arrived to put Heath Slater through a table with a thunderous 3D. 3D! And now, the Dudley boys will take their rightful place in sports entertainment history on what is sure to be an incredible night. James, get the tables! <laughs> Dan, get the statistics! Well, it's Bubba Ray... Bubba Ray or Bubba Ray or Brother Ray or Bully Ray. And you've got uh, 
Davon Dad or Davon or just Davon. Davon, yeah. The Dudley Boys. The Dudley Boys with a Z. The Dudleys. The Dudleys with a Z or Team 3D. Well, their combined weight is £565 and they're billed from Dudleyville or New York City. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, Dudleyville's just outside New York City. Uh, debut April 13th, 1996. Uh, their years active was 96 to 2010. And then from 2013 to 2016, 2018 for some reunions. Yeah. As we see in this match so far, the Dudley's taken over early on. Classic uh, diving headbutt off the top there by Dave on onto Rodog. So weird to see these teams. You think they're different generations, but this, you know, as we'll see towards the end of this match as well, we'll go into a bit more detail while the Outlaws didn't hang around. But just the promotions that Dudley's were in. Oh, got a girls my team. So, 2CW. AJPW. BCW. BTW. CW. ECW. FMW. Hardcore Homecoming. Hustle. HOH. HOG. ICW. IWA. IWR. IWS. JAPW. MCW. NEW. NJPW. WC. OVW. PCW. PWA. PWS. PWX. UWF. TNA. VIP. WSW. WWC. And finally, the WWF slash E. And their trainer, Dan? Johnny Rods. Johnny Rods. So, let's just take Sounds a break. Like a porn star. It's just it? Johnny Rods. Johnny Rods going to rip you in two. So, let's take a break from the talk and then just watch this match here. For Dudley versus the Outlaws. We're, well, we're nearly to the end now. Look oh, at Devon. Taunting Billy Gunn into the ring there, telling him to suck it. And now choking out Road Dog. Well, the Dudleys have been in complete control this match. I mean, this is bang in the middle of the Attitude Era when WF were just dominating the ratings week in, week out. And you can see the talent roster now has changed just with the amount, you know, the Dudleys involved, Hardy's Edge and Christian. Teddy Long as referee. Teddy Long as a referee, unbelievably. Yeah, going to be general manager. But yeah, people like Benoit, Guerrero, Saturn, Malenko all uh, making their debut in WF here tonight as well. The Cactus Jack versus Triple H, Hell in a Cell main event. Bubba Creep and Rodog down, but Rodog kicks out. Oh. And the Dudleys, you know, it's a bit of a no brainer them going into the Hall of Fame, isn't it? You know? They've certainly had a Hall of Fame worthy career. I mean, you know, the the reception that Bubba Ray got when he was uh when he went into his first Royal Rumble, I think twenty fifteen, twenty sixteen. Twenty I'm gonna say it's yes. the one that Reigns won, twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen. So yeah, when he when he made his first uh, Royal Rumble appearance in 2015, I mean, you know, he he teamed up with our Truth. I know it's not quite the same as Devon, and you know, you might accuse them of being slightly racist, having another black guy taking the place of Devon. Not that anyone could take the place of Devon, no, but you know, they performed their classic "What's up," and then you know, he told Truth to get the tables. And Truth didn't know which way to walk. It's not as easy as it looks, is it? But he did eliminate the Miz. <laughs> he did eliminate the Miz from the Royal Rumble. No, I'll get over point. it. Uh, <laughs> well, thanks to Billy Gunn's distraction, Road Dog managed to uh, pull Bubba Ray off the top. He tags in Devon. Oh, and he, uh, Road Dog tags in Billy Gunn. And this is one of the things Billy Gunn were great at the hot tag in. It's what made the outlooks so good. Oh, a couple of high back body drops for either. For both of the Dudleys. The famous Solaire. Oh, oh, no, but he gets pulled out of the ring by Bubba Ray. Oh, now Billy and Bubba fighting on the outside. Road He's... Dog with a bit of shake, rattle and knee drop. Billy's favouring the uh, arm at the moment. Bubba pulls him off the apron. Oh, 
a lead pipe to that arm he was favouring. That's put Billy Gunn out of the match. Oh, and Devon clocks Vodor from behind, knocking Teddy Long down. Rodog reverses the Irish whip. Oh, Freedy! <clears throat> Listen to the reaction of the crowd as well on the cover. <laughs> and the fans absolutely love seeing the Dudleys win their first tag team gold in WWE. And, and it's such an important mo- it's such an important moment as well. You know, when you consider the last tag team to come in from ECW was Public Enemy and the way they got treated by the Acolytes and stuff like this. The Dudleys had the test when they joined WWF at that time. They went through the Acolytes, you know. They, they faced each other off and they gained their respect. And now the Outlaws, who would say the biggest tag team in the past two years in WWF, the Dudleys have come in from an outside company, the same gimmick, and beaten them on pay-per-view. And like I said, first time WWE Tag Team Champions it's a huge moment, one of the least forgotten moments in the, w- the Dudley's career, you know. And now Billy and Rodog having an argument. Weirdly enough, this is the end of the Outlaws here. Billy would go out to have surgery on that shoulder for six months. And by that time, they'd come back and uh, it just didn't really work, you know. Billy was became the one Billy Gum. So, so that's it. You know, there's a couple of little uh, storied points there. Yeah. You know, I'm always full of it, Dan. You know that. <laughs> you do like to fact me, James. <laughs> I do like to fact you a lot. All right, moving on to the next one. And it's Mark Henry, a little bit more details. Well, imagine every bone in your body being crushed into sawdust while you're struggling to take a breath. Either you're about to become python food or you're on the business end of Mark Henry's World Strongest Slam. Well, Mark Henry burst onto the scene at the 1992 Summer Olympics in... Barcelona! Was he a 100 metre sprinter? No, he wasn't a 100 Was he a uh, synchronised diver? He wasn't a synchronised diver. Long jump? No. Triple jump? No. High jump? No. Where he competed in weightlifting in the super heavyweight division. Three years later at the Pan American Games, Henry captured gold, silver, and a bronze medal. Henry's intimidating size and weightlifting prowess earned the attention of Dublin Dim in 1996 to a 10 year contract. He stands as the first developmental talent for WWE and was under contract for more than two decades. From there, the new superstar joined the infamous Nation of Domination where he established himself as a ruthless and powerful big man. Big man. Traits he channeled to earn first prize in the 2002 World's Strongest Man competition at the Arnold Schwarzenegger Classic. Arnold Schwarzenegger, get to the chopper. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Well, hence the moniker he carries today, 20 years after debut in WWE, when Mark Henry stands at a terrifying peak. In addition, he holds the incredible distinction of having been a world champion of free sports, powerlifting, strongman, and, of course, wrestling. Well, injuries didn't stop him, and neither could superstars such as Shawn Michaels, The Undertaker, Kane, and The Big Show, all of whom have been scraped from his boots at some point in his career. Destruction isn't personal for him. That's just what he does. Now, what are your thoughts of Mark Henry? Are you a fan, Dan? I am quite a fan, yeah. You know, he's uh, he's an interesting character. I, I don't know if he was billed right or if, he, you know, I, I, I don't know. I think he was kind of overshadowed by other wrestlers as well during his time. I think he could have been a lot better than he was. Yeah, I mean, I know you liked the uh, Hall of Pain, weren't I you? Did, you know, I did like seeing people enter the Hall of Pain. Yeah, and that was when he, like I say, became champion. I think he beat Randy Orton for the uh, World Heavyweight title, if memory serves me right. But my favourite part of him, and uh, I think most people's, my sister was a huge fan, was, of course, Mark Henry as Sexual Chocolate. Oh, look who's coming out. The same pay-per-view right after the Dudleys and the Outlaws. 
It's sexual chocolate, baby. So can you tell me any more about Mark Gerald Henry? Well, let's do a little bit of facts as uh, sexual chocolate Mark Henry's coming out here to face Viscera in a classic on the Hall of Fame special. (laughs) (coughs) Just your face alone, Dan. Well, he was born... June 12th, 1971, aged 46. Well, he was born aged 46. No, he wasn't born aged. He is aged. He was born June 12th, 1971, which makes him 46 years old. From Silsby, Texas, of course, in the good US of A, and he lives in Austin, Texas now. Uh, He's married to Jana Perry. He's got two children. He's... uh, Got a cousin called Kenry he- Heaven. Kenry <laughs> Heaven. <laughs> Kevin. He's got a cousin called Kevin Henry. Mark Swoggle. That's not his. Well, how tall is he, Dan? What's his tailor tape? Well, he's six foot four inches, which is 193 meters. Uh, 193 <laughs> meters. One, 1.93 meters. His build weight is 360 pound, and he's built from Silsby, Texas. Yeah, but he's not 300. He's, he's at least a 400 pounder here. I he's mean, got to be 500 pounds. This is 500 pounds. Here comes Mark Henry now, straight to the attack. And we are a proper Mark Henry match later, but we just wanted to have sexual chocolate stuck in here for the time being. And also, we're going to bring you another Dudley's match, which is going to be a fucking cracker. This reverses Mark Henry. And this is just classic. This is people talk about the attitude era. I mean, you don't get this anymore, Dan, do you? No, you don't get uh, two big men <laughs> fighting. One's wearing a big leather coat. I don't know how he doesn't sweat like a fuck. I tell you, one interesting thing: sexual chocolate, Mark Henry. Wouldn't he turn into the love machine, Big V? Wouldn't he later on in his career? So the love machine, yeah. M- maybe that's what you start liking him. Just at this point, obviously, Ministry of Darkness. Mark Henry with Mae Young. They were Mae Young got pregnant when she was with Mark Henry, and Visva cost uh, her the baby. Well, she gave birth to a hand, and then we've seen the reason this match is about because Visva slammed the eighty-year-old Mae Young. Yes, this is the Attitude Era at its best. Visva and big Mark Henry, and just running through the. You know, you can't say this again about many of Mark's opponents, but you know, Visva's <laughs> tossing him around like he's a little child. He is tossing him off. And calls Mark Henry sexual chocolate is is a, a fantastic character, you know, with association with D'Lo Brown and uh, Mark Henry turning on his former tag team partner, but then becoming this kind of comedy, like a joke on himself, wasn't it? You know, Mark Henry, but at least it wasn't the end of his career. He still had time to kind of change. I mean, he would go on after this to have a WrestleMania match with The Undertaker at WrestleMania 22. So, yeah, he didn't do too bad, did he? <laughs> No, you know, and uh, and he'd be able to get some seriousness to his character again, obviously with a Hall of Pain character. So he had something that maybe Viscera didn't have, you know. I mean, Viscera at this point in nineteen ninety five, he had become a WWE King of as King Mabel or Mabel at that time. Fucking hell! Viscera just sends Mark Henry right into those ring steps. Viscera is burying Mark Henry. Wow! <laughs> yeah, I told you this would be good. Mark Henry's just getting manhandled. I think the weird thing about the Hall of Fame now is that I I know more and more fucking not more and more more about them, and the matches become more recent now. Whereas like Midnight Express or the Rockers last year, you know, we're going back to the mid eighties. We're talking of the Rockers. Oh, oh, wait a minute. But sorry, before we just May Young's just come out after Viscera has delivered a belly to belly slam to Mark Henry. Oh my God, she wants to protect her boyfriend. Don't get your puppies out, May. Please don't get your puppies out. Oh, my God, Viscera. Don't do this. For- oh! She's an old lady, for God's sake, Viscera. <coughs> you can't do that. 
He's not going to squash her, is he? He's going to kill her. Oh. Coming to the aid of his woman. Shoulder barges, viscera down. Oh. And he manages to slam the viscera. And it looks like he slammed him with relative ease. Oh. And Viscera forgot to kick out. Uh-huh. And Mark Henry gets the victory. Well, he is the world's strongest man. So, you know, that power picking up Viscera, getting the job done. Mae Young walks away with the, uh, in the arms of her uh, boyfriend, sexual chocolate Mark Henry. And the attitude here, uh, yeah, some great moments, didn't it? You know? <laughs> Cringeworthy moments, yeah. but great nonetheless. Oh, it's going to get even better now, Dan. Because the next person that we're talking about is Hillbilly Jim. Well, Hillbilly Jim was a country boy plucked from the WWE Universe to be a superstar. Now, he's going to be a WWE Hall of Famer. The big country boy first popped up in WWE in late 1984 as a big, smiling, bearded face towering above WWE fans around the country. However, Jim decided to get a little closer to the action when Hulk Hogan was attacked by Ken Patera and Big John Studd and Bobby the Brain Heenan Leaping over the barricade, Hillbilly Jim jumped in the ring and helped the Hulkster run off the villains. Hogan saw something in the rugged man standing beside him and trained Jim for the ring. Well, options compete in his overalls and enter the ring with a lucky horseshoe around his neck. Jim proved to be a prodigy inside the square circle, using his aggrieved opponents into submission with his trademark bear hug. Though an injury sidelined him early in his WWE career, that did not stop Jim. That did not stop Jim from introducing the W Universe to extended family. Uncle Elmer, Cousin Junior and Cousin Luke. A trio of happy-go-lucky hillbillies that put smiles on the faces of fans around the world with their antics in the ring. When he recovered, Jim jumped back in the ring and picked up where he left off. This time with his family in his corner. Hillbilly Jim also embraced the WWE's smaller competitors competing in a six-person tag team match on the grandest stage of them all. WrestleMania 3. And yes, Dan, we're going to treat ourselves to this again. We are going to WrestleMania 3 to see Hillbilly Jim teaming up. Tokyo, Little Brook and King Kong Bundy versus versus Little Beaver, Little Kid and Hillbilly Jim. I think it's a Haiti kid. A Haiti kid. But they're all little anyway and we are going to get that match right now. Fantastic. I love this. We, we found it last year. It was just one of our favourite matches. An instant classic. <laughs> We get to live that moment all over again. You want to watch WrestleMania 3? You want to see Andre and Hogan? Or do you want to see Savage and Steamboat? No. You want to see Hillbilly Jim teaming up with a couple of little guys. And look, here comes King of Bundy out. There's little Toko. Must be. Hillbilly Jim continued competing in WWE through 1990 before stepping away from the squared circle. He continued to work with the WWE throughout the 90s, coasting primetime wrestling and managing his cousins, Henry and Phineas Godman, to the World Tag Team Championships. Jim returns to the ring for the Gimmick Battle Royal at WrestleMania 17 and showed a different side of himself on the hit WWE Network reality show, Legends House, in 2014. Now, anybody that's not seen Legends House, it's on there in originals. Go and watch it. Roddy Piper is, is fantastic. You've got Tony Atlas, Hillbilly Jim, Pat Patterson, Mean Gene Oakland. You kind of get a real feel for how the legends go about it. Well, because of his lasting legacy as a beloved favourite of the WWE Universe, there is no better nominee for the induction into the WWE Hall of Fame than Hillbilly Jim. Yeah, you're right about that, Dan. And um, Hillbilly Jim, he was born 65 years old. Fucking hell, that note. He was born July 5th, 1952, which makes him 65? Nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, his real name is James Morris, and he's uh, from... Well, he was born in Louisville, Kentucky, but he lives in Franklin, Kentucky now. Yeah. Names such as Big Big Jim Harley Davison, see what he did there, and Hillbilly Jim. 
Yep, he's six foot seven inches. And he's 319 pound. Yeah, he's built from Mudlick, Kentucky, and he's trained by Bob Orton. So he must be a shit-up performer in the ring. Yeah, that's why he's with midgets at WrestleMania 3. Dan, when did he debut? He debuted in 1971 and retired in 1991. So a career of five years there. Quite incredible. <laughs> That'd be 20 years, James. Oh, 20-year career from Hillbilly. And he's got these 93,000 people here at the Pontiac Silverdome going absolutely crazy. Why don't we have little pe- person's matches, little people matches at WrestleMania? Oh. I do miss the little peoples. Well, we've started off now. This is serious stuff. Hillbilly Jim, the Hall of Famer, 2017 on the apron. Looking across the guy that main event of WrestleMania 2 and King Kong Bundy. Oh, and <laughs> all four of the midgets are running the ropes and they've bumped into each other. I think they're getting confused. Oh, as they spread the legs of the other two midgets. Sorry, I don't mean to be like... Don't be midgetist. Don't be smallest, Dan. Well, you're smallest. No, they're smallest. Oh, look, Lord Little Brick's got a little Tokyo up. Now, Little Beaver's there with uh, Haiti Kid. Teaming up very well here. But he's not that young, is he, really? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Beaver slapped to the face of Tokyo. Tags in Little Andre the Giant. I don't think it's as good as the match that... I think it was Doink the Clown and Jerry the King Lawler had. Doink, dink... Pink and rink against like, the little kings. <laughs> well, no, this is this. Is, I mean, without the success of this, we wouldn't be having uh, little people. We wouldn't have had a Max Mini. We wouldn't have had Hornswoggle. We wouldn't have had El Torito. We wouldn't have had Rey Mysterio. You know, all these type of guys that we would never have had if it wasn't for the fact that WrestleMania three here. And now here comes King Kong Bundy, and Little Beaver's got a tag in Hillbilly Jim. He doesn't want to. Beaver's going to go head to head, and here comes Lord Littlebrook. Put him on your shoulders, please. Oh, as he goes through the legs, looks for a drop kick, but King Kong Bundy doesn't sell, and uh, that's when the Haiti kid realizes it's time to get out of dodge and tag in Hillbilly Jim, who comes into a massive evasion. But now he's getting slammed down by King Kong Bundy, Irish whip, but Hillbilly dodges it now, overalls and all, and a huge clothesline. Takes down Bundy, follows it up with a big elbow drop, goes for the cover. And the midgets jump on as well. Two. Oh. oh but Bundy manages to kick out. Oh. With having the weight of Hillbilly Jim and the two little people on. Well, the little people go scurrying out the ring. And now it's King Kong and Hillbilly. Irish Rip and a big back elbow down. Bundy means business here. I mean, he, uh, we, we, we laugh at the little guys. But look at the state of King Kong Bundy, you know. Um, I, you know, I... I may laugh at them, but, you know, it's. I think it's more of a comic relief. But I do believe the little guys have more talent than these two big guys. <coughs> I think that is fair to say, as you see already, Hillbilly. It's the Haiti kid taken off his shoe and just whacked it under King Kong Bundy's nose. Oh, yeah, that's Little Beaver. Oh, Little Beaver, sorry. Yeah, come on now. Don't... <laughs> We've got to call this action seriously there. And there's Little Beaver with the shoe off hitting Bundy, going underneath his legs. Oh, and the little beaver's <laughs> coming in again. He is a real team player, though. Oh, to, oh no! Oh. As he gets a big power slam. Don't do it, Bundy. Don't do it. You'll squash him! Oh! As he drops the elbow. Well, the bell has rang here, and I think little beaver... Little beaver's died. Well, little beaver's dead. <laughs> He's dead. No, not again. Oh, and all oh. of them now. And now all the little people are... Joining forces. 
Well, Lord Littlebrook, Lord to- uh, Little Tokyo. Oh, and Hillbilly Jim sent them outside. Oh, my God. Well, Lord Littlebrook and Little Tokyo turning their back. But it was a heinous assault by King Kong Bundy. But Hillbilly Jim wins Hall of Fame. Dan, final thoughts on Hillbilly Jim getting a Hall of Fame and this match. No, you know, he, he is a great character and, you know, it's it's in a time when they love the big guys. So, you know, he, he fit perfectly into the bill. Uh, yeah, you know. It's not else, you know, I mean, it was just an excuse to watch that match again. I'm yeah. sorry, but, you know. Anyway, the next person going in is Ivory. And Ivory's a true pioneer in women's wrestling and she will take her place rightfully into the Hall of Fame. She broke into wrestling business as a competitor on the Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling, the 80s wrestling program that inspired the hit Netflix show Glow. Competing under the name Tina Ferrari, Ivory captured Glow's championship before leaving the sports entertainment industry in the early 90s. After nearly a decade away from the squared circle, Ivory returned to the ring in 99, showing up in WWE in the corner of Mark Henry and D'Lo Brown. She wasted no time getting physical, helping Henry and Brown even the odds against Jeff Jarrett, Owen Hart and Deborah. Not long after her arrival, Ivory defeated Deborah to capture her first WWE Women's Championship. Though she was later dethroned by the fabulous Moolah, Ivory quickly rebounded and recaptured the title from the WWE Hall of Famer. <laughs> that is not a misprint. Moolah actually came back to action in her late 60s. She was in her 70s. She was in her 70s there. It was absolutely awful. No way out. Um, no way out. No mercy, 1999, and Spice Series 99 are loads of atrocities. Uh, during the over-the-top action era of WWE, uh, Ivory eventually aligned herself with a buttoned-up right to censor, training in uh, tights for a crisp white dress, shirt, and a full-length skirt. The unusual ring attire did not hinder her from competing at the highest level, as she defeated three fellow W Hall of Famers, Lita, Trish, and Jacqueline, to capture her third women's title in 2000. Ivory continued to compete in the WWE through 2005, but also began to take on other roles in the company, including serving as a trainer on the Season 3 of WWE Tough Enough, announcing and hosting several WWE television programs before departing in 2009. Now, Ivory will have one more title to add to her resume, WWE Hall of Famer. Well, she was born Lisa Marie Moretti on November 26, 1961. She was born in Inglewood, California, but she now resides in San Juan Island, Washington yeah, she's 56 now. I don't know if we can say her, uh, her age. Well, but I was trying to be polite. Yeah, but we'll do her weight as well, Dan. We'll sit down the tape. <laughs> her name's Ivory Lisa Moretti, or Nina, or Tina Ferrari, or Tina Moretti. She is 5 foot 5 inches, and she's 135 pounds. And she debuted in 1986 and retired in 2006, so another person with a 20-year career. Now, before Trish and Lita really, you know, truly started the women's revolution, like I said, Ivory was there. But we're going to watch her first ever now, and it's from Raw 328, September 6th, 1999. And it's a women's title, and it's the first ever time the women's title was defended in a hardcore match. And it's Ivory versus Tory. Not Tory Wilson, just Tory. We did enough, though. Look, Raw's happening. Dino Brown, Steve Blackman. Dino's just about to hit Fox Splash. So, weirdly, we just about watched the Ivory match. And before that, Mark Henry has just, well, not interfered because the match is over. Dino beat Steve Blackman. Mark Henry's putting a beat down on him. They'll be fighting for the European title at Unforgiven 1999. And then we see Terry Taylor speak to Ivory. Talk about the first ever hardcore women's title match that's just about to start. Terry Taylor, a little interesting. I'm going to pause it quickly because it's about to kick off. Ah. Terry Taylor, when he first arrived in the WWE, 
he arrived at the same time as Kurt Henning, and they were debating who to give the Mr. Perfect character to. So Terry Taylor could have been Mr. Perfect, but they decided to give it Kurt Henning. Do you know what gimmick Terry Taylor got instead? Terrific. Red Rooster, which was a guy coming out with um, basically a cock on his head. (laughs) Oh, and Tori's already started the attack. She's choking Ivory on the table. And the official's trying to pull her off, but the hardcore match is next. So like you pointed out, Dan, Tori is wearing a thong as she sends Ivory headfirst into the toilet. And now she's trying to flush Ivory's head down the toilet. Or anything goes here in a hardcore title match. Or sent into the uh, dispenser there. Oh, and Ivory on the floor wearing a miniskirt. That's going to be a disadvantage. And now Ivory throwing back clothes. And now what? What's the Tory got in her hand now? Oh, no, they're going to expand and maybe hit her. Oh! Oh, and she got bent to the head. Oh, Jacqueline to the shower! <laughs> Jacqueline to the shower! I need to get out of there. <laughs> and they've come into the water, and Ivory... Uh, well, Ivory's only wearing a miniskirt. I mean, Tori at this moment has got a white T-shirt on, white thong, and now she's getting Two. pinned. No, oh, oh. but Tori manages to kick out. Uh. Oh. Soap her up. Oh, she's full of soap. That's got just to the eye. She won't be able to see. It's getting slippery. She's washing her mouth out with soap. Well, they're still wet. They're sliding around everywhere. Now the shirt's getting ripped. Well, this is the attitude here at its worst or best, if you want to look at this. And Tori gets sent through into another room. Now choked out by a curtain. They are the king of shocked. Oh, my gosh. She's throwing objects at Tori. Tori's dodging them. Exactly. And I, it wouldn't be the first time. It wouldn't be the last for Tori. Oh, He's, no. Sends Ivory into the wall and now open up the door, going to another locker room, and there's guys in there. <laughs> oh, it's a naked Dross. What's Dross? Dross Viscera. <laughs> He's getting a lump on. They were just minding their own business, and now they crashed into the table. And Tori trying to keep that T-shirt. Yeah, you want to keep a bit of a uh, bit of mystery going. Don't you keep digging the, it here. Keep yeah. close shut. Now they're coming out here. Concrete wall. Ivory gets sent into. Face first, dragged by her into another concrete wall. And this has been vicious now. Again, f- vicious and delicious. Yes, outside of the truck. There is no way the camera can not be uh, <laughs> delicate about this. Ivory, Tory now mounting Ivory, going for the pin. Oh my God. Ivory get the shot up at two. I think we just saw what Ivory had for breakfast there. Indeed, yes. Um, you know, and it was quite <laughs> weird because Ivory was a bit apprehensive. I think it was War Rumble 2000 when you had the uh, swimsuit competition. Yeah, Oh, Straight into her foot. I don't yeah. think that's <laughs> been done. The chair into the foot. Oh! She smashes glass over her head. Oh, my God. That mirror that was up there right over Tory. Two, three... Ivory wins the hard, first ever hardcore women's title match. And even though it didn't last long, still impressive. Still fun. The last three matches that we've seen have been incredible in their own way, you know? We've seen sexual... Oh, no! She's branding her on her back now. Oh, that's too far. Oh, my God. There was actually blood there as well when they did that. Jesus Christ. Uh, that might be a bit too far. I free. <laughs> I mean, I know she didn't do it for real. I don't think she did. But, my God. I mean, Dan, what are your thoughts on that? That was fucking brutal. <laughs> and, you know, you can see they didn't really take the women seriously because, you know, one of them's wrestling in a thong and the other one's wearing a short skirt with a thong trying to keep some dignity going. Yeah. You know, but it, I suppose it's better than the... Uh, 
There was that battle that they had with all female hardcore matched at ironing boards, and you know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. A ladies' hardcore match. You yeah, know, it's not that bad. But. but I mean, at this time they were doing um, like chocolate pudding matches and all this kind of stuff. Like you said, the Miss Rumble competition, and so you know. But Ivory was there. She she came across as super serious after that. Uh, it was good. And like I said, the last three matches that we've watched. Well, you know, Ivory and Tory, uh, hardcore women's title match. Of course, the little people with Hillbilly Jim at WrestleMania and Mark Henry sexual chocolate against Viscera. It is Hall of Fame worthy matches on here, and it's only going to get better coming up. I mean, look at this fucking arsehole coming out here to the ring. I mean, flashing sunglasses, flashing suit. It's a joke, isn't it, Dan? I mean, what a joke this guy is. Uh, he certainly looks a joke as well. You know, it's. Uh... He does look like a complete idiot. He does look like a tool. He does. Uh, but we are going to WWE in your house too, July twenty third, nineteen ninety five, for our next inductee, who was born Jeffrey Leonard Jarrett, July fourteenth, nineteen sixty seven, which makes him fifty years old. Yes, uh, he was born in Hendersonville, Tennessee, and that's where he resides as well. He's been married to Jill Gregory, divorced her, married to Karen Jarrett. And he's still married to her, apparently. He's yeah, got well, three well, kids. Well, we know Karen Jarrett, don't we? It was Karen Angle. We forgot Angle's uh, <laughs> ex-wife, who they had a love affair in TNA. Yeah. Yes. Uh, his his dad's Jerry Jarrett, another double J, and his uh, granddad's Eddie Marlin. So three generations there. Yes. Um, his ring name has always been Jeff Jarrett. He's six foot. He's two hundred and. Uh, he was trained by Jerry Jarrett, his dad, and Buddy Landell, and he made his debut in on April the 6th, 1986. Well, Jeff Jarrett used to have one question for the W Universe during his incredible career, and that was, ain't I great? Well, while fans responded with boos and jeers then, today the answer is undoubtedly affirmative. Uh, Jarrett is the latest inductee into the Hall of Fame's class. Uh, Double J's road to the WWE Hall of Fame began at birth. The son of Tennessee wrestling promoter Jerry Jarrett, Jeff grew up around the industry, eventually becoming a referee before competing between the ropes at the age of 18. While many promoters' sons had entered the ring and flamed out, Jarrett was a prodigy inside the squared circle. It was easy to see that he would be a superstar as he competed against and alongside likes of Hall of Famers, Jerry the King Lawler, Nick Bonk, Nick Bockwinkle and countless others. I like Nick Bockwinkle. I've watched a lot of <laughs> poor movies. Bonkwinkle. Bonkwinkle. <laughs> Dick Bonkwinkle. Dick Bonkwinkle. However, when Jarrett family... Fa- well, fuck me. However, when Jarrett finally made it to the WWE in, the late, in late 1993, he revealed that he had dreams bigger than the ring. He wanted to use sports entertainment to make himself the biggest star in country music. Ahead of his arrival, Double, Double J strutted around Music City, USA, Nashville, running down the country music establishment and claiming that the WWE was his road to stardom in the ring and on the stage. Well, Jarrett found success between the ropes, capturing the Intercontinental Championship three times during a heated rivalry with Hall of Famer Razor Ramon and picking up countless victories with the help from the roadie, much to the dismay of the WWE Universe. Double J eventually backed up his big boasts about his musical prowess, releasing his debut single with My Baby Tonight. James, would you like to do a rendition of... When my day I'm hiding on the curb, I'm the tan and stop getting ready to slow. 
I can't wait to be alone with my baby tonight. And uh, he he released that. Thank you, James. Thank you, thank you, James. Thank you. a music video and live performance at In Your House 2 in Nashville. However, after Jarrett's WWE departure, it was revealed that he wasn't, uh, that all wasn't as it seemed when it came to Jarrett was lip syncing, the roadie was the voice behind the song. Well, nonetheless, Jarrett continues his in-ring career in WCW Night 6, becoming one of the few proud superstars that can call themselves a member of the legendary Four Horsemen. During his year in WCW, Jarrett defeated Dean Malenko to capture the revered revered United States Championship. And we see him in action now against Shawn Michaels, who's coming out here in his mid-90s best. I mean, he has had a hell of a session, looks like the weekend before. Or that night. Or that night, yeah, you're right. And Jarrett looks ready for action with a roadie in the corner. Uh, Double J returned to WWE in late 97 and developed a new nasty attitude that matched the era in the company. Though he lost his long blonde locks in a match at SummerSlam 1998, it did not deter Jarrett from achieving success, whether it came from fairly or by bashing his opponents with an acoustic guitar. During his stint in WWE, Jarrett captured the World Tag Team titles with her own heart and claimed the European and Intercontinental zone. Well, Jarrett jumped back to WCW in 1999 and found his... Greatest success as a competitor, defeating fellow Hall of Famer DDP in a final of a six-man tournament to win the vacant WCW World Championship. Jarrett engaged in rivalries with the likes of Ric Flair, Booker T, Sting and others while capturing the WCW World title three more times before the country before the company was purchased by the WWE in 2001. Well, Jarrett continued to compete around the world and also began to promote shows that gave future W superstars like AJ Styles, Bob Roode and Eric Young their first major exposure. Major exposure? What, you mean TNA? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Double J's resume is one of the most impressive in sports entertainment history. He's a four-time WWE champion, three-time US champion, six-time IC champion, European champion and world tag team champion, and during WrestleMania 34 week, Jeff Jarrett will add one more accolade to that list: WWE Hall of Famer. He great, ain't he great? He is great, isn't he? So we're going to see him in action now against Shawn Michaels, and uh, this match has already started, and both men trading well shots to the face early on, and both men jumping up on that top rope as well, saying this is going to be easy. So the prodigy, which is Jeff Jarrett. And Michael's now collar and elbow tie-up. 
Jarrett gets him in the side headlock. Oh, hip toss attempt by Jeff, but Michaels blocks it. Goes over the top of him. That was nice, and a poke to the eye by Shawn Michaels. Oh, looking for a hit lock takedown, but that was blocked by Jarrett. So he turns it. Oh, flips over backwards and uh, ends up landing a right to the hand to the head of Jarrett. Irish whip and Michaels managing to leapfrog Jeff Jarrett, catching the right hand. And a hip lock takedown finally. As he eliminates Jarrett from the Royal Rumble and skins the cat himself to spin himself back in the ring and then mocks Jarrett with his straps. <laughs> and a little bit of Shawn Michaels showboating and roadies checking on Jeff Jarrett, make sure he's all right. I know this is uh, Jeff Jarrett's match, but Shawn Michaels, I mean, you know. <laughs> he's a fucking legend he, he really is you know this is what I found out with Shawn Michaels you, you, you can't not uh, it's like you know, when you look at these have like Shawn Michaels match you've featured you talk about you come Wrestlemania weekend Mr. Wrestlemania and everything like this we got the WNR we had the WNR 150 with the Rockers involved with it you know so Michaels is a part of it he, like you said such a fantastic talent and it's no surprise people like Jeff Jarrett or Kevin Nash or Sid Vicious had their best matches against Shawn Michaels. You know, it's, that, it's like with Bret Hart. And he's standing behind, next to referee Hebner, counting out Jeff Jarrett yeah. along with him as well. well. Jeff's saying, don't get carried away, he's back in the ring. Oh, breaks the count and then goes back out and then says that, smarter than you. Is that Lemmy in the front row? I think it is, yeah. And Road Dog saying to Jeff, see, you use your brains here. But, uh, I mean, you, you could argue, some look success that Jeff Jarrett accomplished was due to the fact of friends in high places and owning the company himself, you know? And people might, you know, four-time WWE champ, uh, world champion, thanks to your friend Vince Russo being in charge and giving the opportunities. But uh, playing devil's advocate here, is it any different to Triple H? You know, like, the WWE top runs he's had in these past, what, five, ten years, is it because... He is the CWO. Exactly, yeah. He's because he's related to Stephanie McMahon, you know. Well, not related, married to well, he's, Sorry, he's, well, that would be weird, yeah. He's married to uh, Stephanie McMahon. Of course, Vincent Mann, and he's basically put him like second in command now as well, so. Yeah, and, you know, is it to do with his revered success of NXT? Well, this is the thing, isn't it? It's the same with Jeff Jarrett. There's no doubt he is talented to a certain level, but was he ever going to be a main eventer, you know? Steve Austin apparently refused to work for him in 99. Maybe Austin saw saying, oh, that wasn't there in Jarrett, but I'll tell you something, Michaels. Yeah, the roadie was up on the apron, and uh, he got a thumb to the eye from Michaels, and then Jarrett was charging towards uh, Michaels, who was against the ropes. Michaels sidestepped and sent Jarrett into the roadie. Well, now Michaels gone all the way to the top. Jarrett and Rhodey recovering and ringside. Oh, crossbody taking out both Jarrett and Rhodey. And the showstopper, the main event, HBK, Shawn Michaels, posing in the ring as Jeff Jarrett lays prone on the outside on them wafer thin mats. Now, how thin are those mats, Dan? They are mere millimetres thick, James. All right, it said big match, Shawn Michaels. He's going to go for it again. This time, baseball slide. This time, a baseball slide to Jeff Jarrett. Throws Jeff in and Jeff cowering away now. Like any good heel should do. Michael's now having that low kick to the gut Irish whip. All looking for his patented uh, jump up to the second springboard, but Jarrett was wise to it. Michael's held onto the top rope. Sunset flip. Oh, Jarrett tried to hit Michael's. Michael's so quick moved out of the way. Jarrett punched the canvas. Oh, 
Fucking hell, high back knuckles over the top rope, landing on the wafer thin mats below on his back. Well, that's a bit of uh, payback for Jeff Jarrett there on Shawn Michaels. Roadie's still a bit... Um, dazed? <laughs> I don't know. Glazed and dazed at ringside. So Roadie has played quite a pivotal part in WWE. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit, you know, Road Dog's one of those uh, background characters, secondary, uh, WWE relied on over time, like you said, with a roadie with Jeff Jarrett. Well, it wouldn't be long before Michaels and the Road Dogger teamed up in DX. Exactly, It'd be a couple of years down the road, you know, and then Road Dog <coughs> with uh, Billy Gunn. I, I really like the Outlaws, you know, people have a go at them, maybe not the greatest wrestling ability, but they were big stars. And even after that, with X-Puck and, um, and people out with Road Dog, with Kay Quick, our truth when he first debuted, teaming up with him. So he's always helped. Yeah, exactly, get rowdy. <laughs> but Jack now's taken over Shawn Michaels. Who hasn't our truth or Kay Quick teamed up with, though? He's teamed up with a lot of different wrestlers. And if it wasn't a successful Road Dog, maybe it would have never happened, eh? So. Well, potentially, yeah, you know, he's teamed up with Gold Dust, the Miz. The Miz. The awesome uh, truth. Santino Morella, I'm sure they teamed up before. When Michael's been dominated by Jeff, and Jeff's caught him. Oh, my God, Dad, what's he caught him in? He's caught him in the abdominal stretch, James, and I can't for the life of me think who made that move famous. Well, seeing as a Hall of Fame special, let me tell everybody, it was a real... It was... Was it Wilbur Snyder? It was, you fucking... Yeah, it was, Dan. Yeah, so you, you did... It did come to you in the end. Easy for you to say. I've unfortunately had a stroke on the podcast, so... <laughs> Can you stop stroking, please, yeah. James? And Jeff Jarrett using that top rope now. Oh, Hebler doesn't catch him out. Well, he's not using the top rope. He's using the roadie. Oh, that's even worse. More momentum. And oh, oh and oh, Hebner's caught him and he kicks Road Dog in the hand. Michael slamming. Did he call him a wanker? Double J. <laughs> so it looked like... Dod- oh, Ooh. plants him with a DDT. You know, that is a lot better than the glorious one. Oh, come off it. Every time Michael's loaded there, Jeff Jack hit the DDT, goes for the cover... Oh, but Michael's managing to kick out. Uh, Jeff Jack choking Shawn Michaels in that second rope. Oh, having a go at Jeff now, saying you can't do that. I was behind the referee's back. Roadie's choking out Michaels, but Michaels has caught him. (laughs) And he's pulled Roadie over the second rope. And Jarrett was looking to drop his body weight onto the back of Michaels. But he caught Roadie instead. Michaels with a roll up. Oh, but Jarrett managing to kick out. Uh Michaels sends Jarrett headfirst into the turnbuckle. Jarrett versus the Irish whip. Oh, Irish whip reversal, though. And Jarrett sends Michaels into the opposite corner. And Michaels, with his lovely Michaels bump, sends him all the way to the outside over the top rope. And with even more momentum there as well. You see the way his lower back hit the edge of the apron on the way down. And that's why Michaels had to leave for a while with back surgery. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Silly bumps. But this is the thing. It's basically a two-on-one handicap, Matt. It's basically a two-on-one handicap match now. Michaels is fighting them valiantly as Jeff Jarrett's now going to the top. And they're all trying to stop him. He didn't stop Shawn Michaels earlier. No. One move for one, one and a different for others. Exactly. But with referee distracted. Oh, Rody on the outside takes down Michaels. And now Michaels wiped out. Look at Road Dog, Nice little dance. And to be fair to Road Dog, I know he's put on a bit of timber these past few years. Not really changed that much, though, has he? You know, like... Road. I mean, I know he did a lot of drugs. Don't get me wrong, but who wasn't? Who who wasn't? You know, there's a couple of real shoot interviews of uh, Road Dog 
really having a go at Triple H. A fucking brilliant moment. Vincent Mann as well. And yet they invited him back. So he's very lucky that he, he's friends with Triple H. So Shawn Michaels, though. I saw Shawn Michaels the other day on SmackDown 99. He was fucked up, man. Like, he was proper fucked up. You can hear Triple H just, like, talking to him. Just like, no, Shawn, raise my hand. Put the belt on and stuff. Jarrett going to the top rope. He wants to end Shawn Michaels. Oh, but Michaels getting caught in the crossbody, rolling through, and then looking for the pin and attempt on Jarrett. But Jarrett managing to kick out. Oh, that was close. And now Michaels maybe looking for a sleeper. Jarrett's got the crucifix, turns it into... A backslide, looking to roll Michaels up, but Michaels fighting it and nails Jarrett on the head, goes for cover. But Jarrett catches him, rolls him up, oh. and he's getting a two-count. Two lovely exchange, though. And Jarrett with a pitch-perfect drop kick right in the button, goes for the cover. Oh, and Michaels again managing to kick out. Ah. Now Jarrett Rody getting frustrated, but it's going to take a lot to put Shaw Michaels down. Irish whip. Jarrett with back elbow. Michaels dodges. HBK running the ropes, but gets caught in a sleeper hold. And now Jarrett just wants to put an end to the Shaw Michaels. We're going to start. Just put him to sleep. And now Michael's fading, but now fighting. One last breath in his body. The fans are getting behind him. He's up to his feet. He's looking for the crowd to help. He turns it into a back suplex. Jarrett down. <coughs> and now Michael's with at least some separation here. Oh, helping now counting both men down up to seven. Eight. Are they going to get to ten? And then Michael's up. Put the arm over Jarrett. Michael slowly crawling to Jeff Jarrett's lifeless body. Arm across. One, two. Oh! Jarrett managing to kick out. Ah. Much to Rhodey's delight. The roadie is actually smirking. He's not smirking, Dan. He's on crack. <laughs> Michael's blocking the big right hand by Jeff Jarrett. Oh, ducking Jarrett's clothesline attempt, hitting him with a high forearm, nipping up. Classic Michael's. He makes it look so easy, Shawn Michaels. And now Jeff Jack back to his feet, to his credit. Knocked down. Look how many times Jeff Jack bounces up and down, selling for Michaels. Irish rip in the corner. Oh, another flying forearm from HBK. As he stamps on Jarrett's head. Is he going to go up top? Looking for the... Oh, Jeff Jarrett's up and I think Michaels looking for the moonsault. No. Oh, no. Spins round midair, hits him with a double axe handle, smash the head. Oh, again, Jarrett managing to kick out. Uh-huh. And now Michael's scooping up Jarrett. Slams him down. Michael's now. Yeah, Vincent Mann absolutely went crazy for your Michaels. The leader of the new generation. But sound more like fucking like Joey Styles. Michael's up. Oh, hits his big elbow. Cocky cover. Two. Oh. oh, but he should have hooked the leg because Jarrett manages to get his shoulder up at two. Two. Well, we can see the confidence flow through Shawn Michaels' body and Jeff Jarrett. In serious troubles, he gets uh, Irish whip down to the other corner. Michaels follows it up. Oh, Jarrett lifts his feet. Michaels slides under his legs, catches him and... Uh, Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, oh! Splitting the difference around the ring pole and Jarrett's face is etched with agony. Well, make a wish, Jeff, and now Shawn... Going to go up. He's already hit the elbow. Al Hebner was tending to Jarrett as Rhodey got up and shook the top rope, making Michaels fall onto the top turnbuckle there. Legs either side. I think Jeff needed help, and now he's going to go up to meet Sean. Looking for a superplex off the second rope. And And that's it. He's looking for the end. 
It's going to wrap him up. He'll take Silver him down. Rogers catches him, rolls him up. One, two. Oh, but Jarrett managing to kick out. Ah, and now Jeff up. Got the leg of Sean. Oh, his knee over Jarrett's knee and uh, causing a lot of pain to Michaels. And now pulls him into the middle of the ring. Look for the figure four. Oh, oh but second time Michaels manages to kick the backside of Jarrett, sends him into the referee or Hebner. Now, Come on, Rody, climb in then. Exactly, yeah. Three men down in the ring. This is Rody's chance. Oh, Sean, I think, uh, gesturing full of sweet chin music. He's going to tune out the band. Jeff can't see it. Oh. oh. And Michaels didn't see Rody coming in from behind with a chop block. Well, he's cut him down to size. Now Jeff Jarrett, he's going to take a chance off the top. Rody waking up old Hebner. Here comes Jeff off the top. Oh, big crossbody. Oh. And Michael's managing to just kick out. Just. That was a split second away for a new Intercontinental Champion. Jeff Jarrett, Irish whips Michaels. He reverses. Uh-oh. And he inadvertently trips the leg of Jarrett. And oh. walks into a super kick. Michaels falls into the cover. Two. Three. Ah. Oh. So against all odds, Michaels wins the IC title in what was a bloody good match, to be honest. Uh, one of Jeff Jarrett's best, you know. We could have watched him uh, winning some titles, but I think this one with Shawn Michaels shows the kind of talent Jeff Jarrett had to be able to to start, uh, to go with Shawn. You know, not many people could match him move for move. I think Jeff Jarrett did in this one. I think he does deserve to be in the, the Hall of Fame. I'm surprised it's happening, but I am going to be looking forward to it as well. Okay, now on to our celebrity induction. Yes, Kid Rock. And while his song, New Orleans, is setting the tone for the party atmosphere that WrestleMania... <clears throat> while his song, New Orleans, is setting the tone for the party atmosphere that WrestleMania is bringing to the Big Easy this year, Kid Rock will be taking his place in WWE history. Well, Kid Rock's musical career is legendary after breaking into the mainstream music scene in the late 90s with songs like Cowboy. <laughs> what the fuck does that one say? Bawadibabada. And Cowboy has tried to sell more than 26 million albums. His unique blend of rap, rock and country music has helped him transcend genres and become one of the most popular recording artists going today. His in-your-face style in the studio and on stage has made Kid Rock a big contributor to the soundtrack for the WWE Universe. Several of his songs have been the official themes for WWE pay-per-view events, including Cocky and the worldwide hit All Summer Long. Kids Music music has also been an entrance for a select few superstars. The Undertaker used the 2000 single American Badass as he thundered to the ring on his motorcycle, while Kids, Kid Rock's cover of ZZ Top's hit legs bled through the arenas around the world as Stacey Keebler made her way to the squared circle. He even bought his in, he even bought his incomparable live shows to WWE on several occasions, including a May 2000 edition of Monday Night Raw, a stellar performance at the 25th anniversary of WrestleMania, and a show for America's armed tro- armed forces during the 2012 edition of WWE's most ma- most patriotic night of the year, tribute to the troops. Well, for his huge contributions to the sound of WWE, Kid Rock will receive the great honour of induction into the WWE Hall of Fame. Now, unfortunately, we've got no news on the Legacy Awards. Last year, they added about uh, 20 
wrestlers through the 1900s up to about 1950s. Uh, we're hoping that they do it again as well because I think that's a great thing to try and add as many people as they possibly can because there's still an argument over the Hall of Fame that, well, he's not in it, he's not in it, he's not in it. So if they can, you know, sort that out. But um, I, I think this year's class, Dan, I mean, if we were going to rank it out of 10 this year's class, I know we haven't had speeches and everything like this, but where would you rank it? Well, you know, it's got... <clears throat> Um, I know he didn't have much success in WWE, but he's got Goldberg. He had a great success in WCW. You know, we've enjoyed watching his matches. It's got arguably one of the best IC champions in Jeff Jarrett. It's got one of the greatest tag team champions in uh, the Dudleys. Yep. It's got Hillbilly Jim. It's got, got a bit of you know, one it? of yeah, the yeah. top five women in wrestling. Well, you know, not uh, not including later date top wrestlers. One of the top 25 women <laughs> in wrestling. You know, so it's got a bit of everything. And it's, of course, got Hillbilly Jim, who's wrestled with midgets. Exactly. What more could you want? And the sexual chocolate yes. as well. Yes. Uh, no, I think it's great. I'll give it like a strong 7.5 out of 10 this year. I'd give it an 8. Um, I think with Goldberg, yeah. I mean, if it was... I do like Goldberg going in, but maybe someone a little bit more chatty, you know. Like I say, I hope Goldberg does knock it out of the park. That's the only thing I'm worried about. But before we get on to the uh, the main event of our Hall of Fame, which is Bill Matches, we're going to talk about his his entire career. Let's treat ourselves to, like we said, the Dudley Boys, one of the greatest tag teams in action, going against uh, the Hardy Boys and Edge and Christian at WrestleMania 2000, the W Tag Team Titles, the first ever triple threat ladder match, the first time these three teams squared off on pay-per-view. And I only watched it four days ago, and I'm happy to watch it again. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's where you can tell if it's a good match or not. Here we go. Edge and Christian have attacked the Hardys from behind. Well, the Dudley boys are outside the ring climbing ladders. And uh, pink shirt baldy man and his green shirted wife is there. Yes, they're all going to be here tonight in California. And now Edge and Christian go out to the Dudleys and the Hardys and met them up as well. I mean, these three teams so legendary. Our top three, as you heard on the WNR 150, the top three tag teams of all time. No, we're going to record it tomorrow at 150. No, I mean, I thought they was already on. Yeah, but we we had five. We added five tag teams to the top 15, oh, didn't right. we? So yeah. now we've got top 20 tag teams and the top 15 factions. And we revisited the, the Dudleys, Hardys, and Edge and Christian. Yeah, it's going to be great. Well, 150 is going to be about to fucking eight and a half hours long, but it's a really good episode coming it's great. up. <laughs> it's great. So that's great. This match is Edge and Christian, Dudleys and the Hardys all brawl on the outside. The fantastic thing, the fans not really sure what to expect in this, you know. Look at reactions as it starts and then, you know, as as the match as ends. As it builds up and they start getting their spots in it as well. Jeff Hardy with a whisper in the rin- wind taking down Bubba Ray. You know, Irish whip reversal by Bubba. Oh, a high back body drop there. It doesn't look like Jeff's going to go all the way over, but he turns <laughs> it at the end. And a bubba ball. Oh, my God. And Jeff looks like he's thrown out of a moving auto vehicle just by that move. Bubba screams already. Who's the man? Now, Devon with Edge on the outside, and Christian's coming with a ladder. So we see a ladder involved. And Christian's going to go up there and get the title belt straight away, but Matt pulls him off. What, you're telling me there's a ladder involved in a ladder match? I know. Shut the front door. I know. Will we see anything else involved? Maybe like tables or chairs. Who who knows? Who, who, who? So a ladder set up in the middle of the ring, Edge and Christian, targeting on Devon now. Who are the current tag team champions? 
Dudleys. The Dudleys. The, this is a month on from No Out 2000. So the Dudleys beat the New Age Outlaws the following <laughs> month. They were going against the Harleys and Christian in a ladder match. This oh, is okay. the, the kind of imagine 2000 with a tag team division. This, for me, it's a golden era. And I'm sure people look at it like this. You know, it's... It, when tag team division was at its best, you had three teams who could arguably be champions and not have a problem with it. And now ladder set up. Oh! oh wow. Against Bubba, and uh, it was Matt and Jeff teaming up on him there. Ooh, Edge and Christian tried, but Devon sent the ladder into Christian. Oh, and then the Hardys just took Edge out with a ladder. And now it's the Hardys that go to work on Devon. Yeah, you hear Edge's comments on this match, you know, they say that the three teams set the bar high, it's set it too high, you know, like, to be able to follow this. The amount of punishment they take, Devon on the ladder now. Jeff holding Devon down. Oh, as he drops the elbow onto <laughs> Devon, and Devon, the way he sells moves, it's brilliant. you got to love it. Yeah, Bubba up now, though. Looking to punch Jeff Hardy, but gets caught. Oh, oh. plants him with a lovely DDT. <laughs> you got to favour someone when you get hit by that. Now, Jeff's got the ladder, but he's not sent up. He's putting it down for put Bubba on it. Oh. I think this is the 450. Oh. Yeah, Hardy's going up. <laughs> oh, 450 and... Bubba Ray moves out of the way, luckily enough, and uh, Jeff hits nothing but ladder. Oh, well, Christian knocks Matt down. Hits him with an unprettier. And Bubba slams Jeff Hardy. No, it wasn't unprettier, was it? It was just a reverse DDT. Oh, my God. You see the replay there, Jeff Hardy spinning into the ladder. Now, ladder's on top of him. Bubba on for second. Oh, <laughs> on. And the ladder set up, and Matt Christian just kicking away at it. Edge has brought another ladder into the equation. We now have three ladders in. Well, three teams of three ladders. Edge gets given the ladder by Christian. Perched up in the corner. He rides the ladder down onto Matt, (laughs) who had a ladder on top of him, who's now writhing about in pain. I think that's the Hardy's out for the time being. Yeah, Jeff's gone as well. Yeah, he's he's not there. And Devon slamming Edge down, throwing the ladder on him. Well, this doesn't really work out, Devon. Just stop doing it. Yeah, you're going to sandwich him again off the top. Oh! <laughs> and drops both legs onto the ladder that was on edge. <laughs> Jesus. Fucking hell. I think the fans are certainly starting to get into this match. They're just watching it in disbelief. Like, the amount of bumps everybody's taken this match is enough already. Bubba... Like, this isn't like a normal ladder match <laughs> we've seen. Now, Bubba's got the ladder on his head. A bit like the Three Stooges. <laughs> edge. Oh, uh... Christian, he gets taken out. The hard is behind him. Jeff gets... And Matt's turn. Now, do Devon just to make it... <laughs> and Bubba lifted the ladder. Well, he usually used tables, but he's as handy with a ladder as he is anything else. Oh! And uh, Edge and Christian drop kick the ladder onto Bubba Ray. Oh, this is brilliant. Edge <laughs> setting up the ladder in the corner. Devon beating the hell out of Christian, but I don't know how Edge is up. I don't know how any of these men... They're still able to stand. And they're like, let's introduce ladders, <laughs> yeah. tables, and chairs to the next one. Oh, we got Devon up! Oh, two-man flapjack face first into the ladder. <laughs> yeah, it was like, yeah, ladders aren't quite yeah. enough. We want tables and chairs also, please. Yeah, this year, this time, this time last, next year, can we add, like, a woman, a rhino, and a spike for it? <laughs> the ladder's up, and Christian's going to climb it. But it's not under the title belts. Is he looking to take out Bubba Ray and Matt? Well, they're outside. Christian, why would you do it for? Oh, oh and a crossbody taking out a member of each team. 
Well, Christian sacrificed himself right onto those wafer-thin mats, Dan. James, just how thin are they? Uh, they're, well, they're not too bad, actually. They look a bit more padded than they were in my short match earlier. They're going around, so, yeah. But still, I mean, it's a hell of an impact for Christian. Oh! <laughs> spears Jeff off of a ladder. <laughs> look at the crowd now, eh? You like that? <laughs> they're like, well, how can we top that? Well, next time, Jeff, if you hang off the ring that the belts are on and I spear you yeah. from a ladder... Oh, my word. Jeff was that halfway up the ladder. And he gets taken out by Edge. Gosh. Sent him to hell. Now, Edge, surely... Don't call me Shirley. He's going up to get the tag team title belts. No, Matt Hardy's up. Oh, Matt's got Edge. Like a razor's Edge. Oh! Oh, Sit out razor's Edge this time, though, and plants Edge headfirst into the canvas. Oh, my God. Coyote cam catches the spear that Edge delivered to Jeff. And that was close to hitting the fucking ladder. There were. There's fine margins here to end your career. Oh. Devon throws Matt on Edge, basically, uh, on uh, Jeff Hardy. Yeah. Sorry, I'm turning to JR here. Devon still somehow climbing the ladder. <laughs> Christian just throws a ladder at Devon. <laughs> and that bump, Devon convulsing there. Oh. Uh, there's some times to do that, and there's, you know, not every time. Though. I know, but you got to love him. And now Bubba's setting up a ladder right next to Christian. Dual ladders. Oh, <laughs> is he Charlie Horses, Christian? Well, I suppose anything to stop him climbing. He sets up a third ladder. I don't think we need three ladders set up, but I don't think Bubba's looking to climb. I think he's looking to hurt. Yeah, and looks to get the tag team titles. He's, he's got Christian. Are we going to see a Bubba car? No. Oh, a bubba car from halfway up the top of the ladder. And now the fans are certainly invested in this. Christian has taken two sick bumps here. And now the Hardys are in. Rearranging some furniture. Christian's just like, let me go on the outside. Go on, there you go. Have a little bit of rest, Christian. You deserve it. (laughs) So, yeah, not so brutal next time. Yeah. And look at Bubba nearly breaking the neck of Christian. Oh, my God. I mean, how can you fall... I'm not saying like J.I., but how can you fall for a ladder like that and be like, no, it doesn't hurt? I mean, these are not superheroes. These are normal Boy, beings. Boy, carry on with that thought. Matt and Jeff. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and Matt splashes onto Bubba Ray. Uh, Matt drops a leg onto Bubba Ray. Jeff splashes him. And Christian's <laughs> back in the ring. <laughs> and he sends Jeff Hardy flying down the entrance ramp. It's like nine times out of ten when you get a ladder match nowadays, they're laying outside for ages, but Christian's up as if he's not been hurt. This is sickening. We just saw the Hardys as a team take a bump, and now Edge and Christian look to be back into control. Well, Devon's looking to climb a ladder in the corner. There is no need for you to do that, Devon. You're in the wrong part of town here. But now Edge setting up a ladder to I help. Was looking to, I was trying to work out who gets off the lightest, but I don't think anyone does. No, they're going to help. Devon's going to get a superplex <laughs> from Edge and Christian. <coughs> And he's flapping about like a fish out of water. Because I, I would say Bubba over Devon, but what I've seen Devon take is Matt worse than Bubba so far. Yeah. I would say Jeff over Matt, but then again, Matt's taken fucking punishment when he came off backwards at TLC as well. Yeah. And Christian is, is takes loads of fucking punishment. I think Edge dishes out more punishment than he gets. Yeah. I think Edge is the only one that takes the least amount, but even the punishment but he takes... Edge... Is the one that retires first. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> that fucked up. <laughs> Just shows you. But anyway, there's going to be more punishment to come. We're sure. <laughs> as uh, Matt, Jeff, 
Edge and Christian all climb either side of a ladder. Fucking hell. Fighting their way to the top. <laughs> uh, they're all clamouring for all the tag team titles. And Christian and Mal <laughs> Jeff. A face buster <laughs> and a side Russian leg sweep from either side of the ladders. Fucking hell. My God. <laughs> the crowd now stands in ovation. Rightly so. Bubba's the only one compass Bentos. Can he climb up to the top and win the titles? Nope, he wants to dish out more punishment. Oh, you hear the tables chant. About the moment, there's three ladders getting set up and all three teams climbing the ladders to success. Who's going to get that bubba fighting with Edge? All three teams, here comes Christian! Stevon's well, oh! just thrown the ladder that Jeff and Christian was on and they've gone over the top rope. Bubba Ray's gone now, and he's just pushed the two ladders, uh, one that Matt and Edge was on, and they've just crushed themselves on the top rope. I think Devon got off quite lightly there. Jeff and Christian went off the side. They went past the way for Finn Matt and just hit the entranceway, which is a sheet of concrete. Look where they landed there. It's a sheet of carpet over concrete. Exactly. And Edge got crushed up with Matt, and now it's just the Dudleys left to own the ring. Can they climb to win? Dudleys have certainly got their fans here. I mean, the same fans that was cheering for them just a month ago. And now the ladder... Oh, my God. They're not even setting them up. They're going to use Christian's weapons. Christian's back in. Poor fucking Christian. Oh, he's walking into a ladder toe. Oh! All right, Christian wins the award for most punishment taking this match at the moment. Does he win the... Uh, Johnny Gagano. The Johnny Gagano <laughs> yeah. award for most punishment in a match. Oh, looking for a... F- 3D on edge. And that is not good. (laughs) Cheers, Jay. And now Bubba and Devon. He's got that mad look in his eyes. Bubba Ray's eyes are glazed over and it's not from eating donuts. No, they're going to get the tables. So we've seen ladders and now tables are over. Jeff Hardy's still in pain on the outside. He might have broke his wrist. Christian has just been squashed after coming off the side there. And now Bubba set <laughs> and now Bubba setting up the ladder. Very precariously. Now they've got the table. Construction site. They're building site here. Well, they've got the l- table set up on top of the ladders. I would not like to be the poor bastard that goes through that, I'll tell you. No, but that's quite a snug little fit there. That's all right. But Bubba and Devon, of course, Devon's scared of heights. They're going to go... Get the tag team titles now, but Matt's up. And Jeff's up as well. <clears throat> They've got a Dudley each. I don't know how Jeff Hardy is still standing. don't know how any of these guys <laughs> are still standing. <laughs> Christian's not wise. No, uh, Christian deserves a rest. And then they got another... Well, they've got two more tables there. Well, James, they've got some sadistic minds, and that's what I like about them. Well, at, at this point, I remember watching this WrestleMania Live. I had never seen anything like this. I hadn't watched a lot of ECW, you know, where most of this stuff came from. But at the time in WWE, at WrestleMania, the, uh, you know, it would be hard to this even happen now because it stills the show. And to take that spotlight away from the main event superstar, they, they were obviously told to go out here and just do what they wanted, you know. And, and what they gave us is just incredible performances. And this is why yeah. they're three of the greatest teams of all time. That's why the Dudleys are so good, you know. Yeah, most definitely. And, you know, it's it's weird now because they prefer to focus on the likes of Roman Reigns, 
and Brock Lesnar. You know, it's like nothing against them, but there are other divisions in, in yeah. WWE, you know, like they like to focus on the women's revolution, but that still gets overshadowed whenever Lesnar's on the show or, you know, and hang so on. much. But, <laughs> oh, hang oh, on a minute. Devon's Jeff... just gone off a ladder looking to take Jeff out, but Jeff moved out the way. But Bubba Ray's just powerbombed <laughs> Matt through a table while he was stood on the announce table. So Jeff managed to avoid the contact Devon went through, and then Bubba's just crashed crushed Matt Hardy. But exactly that, like you're saying before, the tables happened. Um, like the tag team titles now, the Raw scene is Strowman. And I know people like Strowman and people think it's good, but it's a joke of a tag team division when you're treating it like that. So's New Day and the Bludger Brothers. There's hope there. I said this last week, the three teams. Well, there's rumours it's going to be turned into a ladder match. Rumour has it. If it is, let them go out there and give them a fucking performance because these three teams deserve a chance. And in a weird way, you know, the Usos, New Day and Bludgeons, not similar here, but there's potential, you know. So let it, let it go. Let it grow. Let it go. Jeff's on the barricade running. Oh! oh. <laughs> Looking to take out Bubba Ray, who was armed with a ladder, and he saw Jeff coming out and just took him out with Fuck. a ladder. The referee's like, are you okay, Jeff? He's like, I don't want to go to school. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go to school today, <laughs> mommy. He is out. So, Jeff or Christian? Yeah, I think mean, Jeff's winning it now. We haven't seen Christian oh in a while. God. Oh, Jesus. Bubba Ray's just got a 25-foot <laughs> ladder. <laughs> I have not seen a ladder that size before. Bubba's like, yep, set that up right. Looks good. Does. He's going to get a table. Well, considering we had a hardcore battle royal early in the show, this is more hardcore than the hardcore title match. Bubba setting up the table. Oh, poor Jeff. <laughs> oh. He looks like he's going to be the next victim. Uh-oh. Big right hand sends him onto that table. Hey! Oh, Christian's back and rings Bubba Ray's bell. Christian! At last, you're sent into the barricade again, Christian. How much punishment do you want to take? Oh, but now the tables have turned, so to speak, and uh, Bubba Ray's on the table. Jeff's ripping off his shirt and whipping Bubba Ray with it. I don't think that hurts. But... Well, I was going to say that uh, Bubba's had his bell rung, but your one was, was <laughs> Jeff going all the way to the top now. He's not. You crazy some bitch, Jeff. Don't do it, Jeff. Oh, that is a bit wobbly. He's going all the way to the top. Jeff! Oh! Jesus <laughs> Christ. Swanton bomb through Bubba Ray Dudley. Yeah, and, uh, Jeff wins this one for most yeah. punishment. Taken and delivered. <laughs> <coughs> oh, my word. <laughs> Bubba Ray's folded up in half on the table. Oh, he's not moving. Jeff Harley's not moving. We see the replay off the top. At least 20 foot in the air. At least 25, 30 feet in the air. Oh, my God. Uh, I remember seeing this... Uh, I don't know if it was like WrestleMania 16 after party. It was like Jeff Hardy. He said, what do you think when you went off the top? He said, all I want to do is make sure people. He said, so when I jumped off the top and I landed, I just looked behind me and I saw Bob on the floor. I thought, oh, good. Don't worry about the punishment. Oh, he could have said, <laughs> I've done a swanton bomb off the top of my ladder. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. The only thing I remember is getting pushed <laughs> off the fucking ladder, going over the top rope, and everything else is just blank. Oh, well, Devo's back in, but he's getting stopped by Matt Hardy. Twist of 
fate to Devon. And now it's just Matt. I can see Christian crawling up the other side. Oh, Christian, you're not alone. And now making sure it's secure as he climbs up, Christian. <laughs> yeah, better double check, mate. Here comes Matt from the other <laughs> side. Don't want to get hurt. No, exactly, yeah. Edge is coming into the ring now. Well, Devon's slowly stirring at the bottom there. And now it's Christian and Matt on the ladder table that doesn't look secure. No. I think Devon's out. Matt is trading blows with Christian. Edge climbing up behind. Oh, and Matt now reaching. Oh, can he get the titles? Touching the titles! Oh, oh. Jesus Christ, that table <laughs> smashed into a million pieces <laughs> after Edge pushed him off. Edge's got the titles! And Edge and Christian yeah. <laughs> gain the titles. I mean... I know the Dudleys didn't win, but any excuse to watch that. But again, you know, it's even though Jeff Jarrett didn't win the Intercontinental title, that was still a bloody good match. And even though the Dudleys didn't win this one, you know, we could we could have shown this when Edge and Christian got inducted. We could show this when Matt and Jeff get inducted into the Hall of Fame, yeah. and it would still be as relevant. And look, someone loves you, James Ryland. Love you, JR. There we go. Uh, what an absolute match! And it's been one of my favourite podcasts that we've done because of just. The, the the quality and the randomness and you know? the variety. I mean, we've had midgets, <laughs> we've had tables and ladders, we've had Shawn Michaels, we've had the Road Dog in his early career, a women's hardcore match, someone getting burnt with an iron. Oh, I mean, God, sexual chocolate, Mark Henry. We've had some very sexual chocolates. Uh, what a match, though! Unbelievable. These three teams. But we've still got one more guy. And who is it, Dan? Goldberg! So before we go into the whole of Goldberg's career, we're going to go into a lot of detail. Let's first watch one of his matches. Uh, it would be my pick, and then Dan, you can do your pick after we've gone through him. So my pick is from. Hang on a minute, let me just tell you. Huh? It is Raw five four one October sixth two thousand and three. And already on this episode, Shane McMahon has driven a limo into a lorry to try and kill Kane. So this is the type of thing. That was going at this is that time. Maven? It is Maven, yeah. Going against Stevie Richards. Yeah, old Stevie Richards there. And oh look at Trish. Trish with a chick kick. And then Maven with shit DDT. Gets a win though. 
Well, you are talking about the man who eliminated The Undertaker from a Royal Rumble single-handedly. Yes, he did pay for it big time. Like Trish is paying for an Alpha Victoria. It was a bit of an understatement. It kind of nearly ended Maven's career, didn't it, with a popcorn? The <laughs> yeah, Undertaker started eating it after it had smashed glass in it. I'm not sure what was going on there. And then the big got caught in his vest. The vest looked like a fucking idiot now. But then Undertaker, he didn't eliminate him from the Rumble properly. Then had to throw him back in yeah. to throw him back out again. So, yes, Mark Henry, Dan. We talked about him earlier. We are going to see him in action here. Uh, Hall of Pain. Not just that yet, but he's teaming up. Well, he's getting managed by Theodore Long, Long, who was his referee in his last match that we saw with Mark Henry. So, Teddy Long saying to Rodney Mack, you go backstage. We don't need you in this one. So, Mark Henry, yeah, we've seen sexual chocolate. And we can see he's got a serious look on his face. This, of course, five years later. Teddy Long ready to play a long player. And who's his opponent? Well, it's the headline act in the 2018 Hall of Fame class. There's one man. It's Bill Goldberg. Well, he is world heavyweight champion. Not sure how to carry it about, but... <laughs> well, he beat your pledge at Unforgiven in an absolute war. And now he's here to go against Mark Henry. Oh, of course, it's a bald-headed whisker-biscuit bitch. Yeah, like cacao. Cacao. Oh, cacao. Well, if you want to go back and listen to a great Goldberg match, Dan... Tell him. Go back and listen to him. Tell him, Dan. Tell him, Dan. Old episode. Um, of course, it was the match he had against The Rock, and that was at Backlash 2003. And, you know, that is where the bald-headed whisker-biscuit bitch and the cacao uh, started out. Yeah, but this match has already started out. Goldberg runs down to the ring. Mark Henry cuts him off, clotheslines him down. Big power Henry. Well, is he the world's strongest man, Mark Henry? Getting into Goldberg's face. Throwing Goldberg into the corner. Coming in with a big splash. Charles Robinson. And we don't see Goldberg taking this much punishment. Definitely not, no. Clubbing blows by the world's strongest man. We've seen Teddy Long as a referee. Now we're going to see him as a manager. Exactly. And Goldberg tried to kick. Mark Henry blocked it. And now Gorilla Press. Oh, Ooh, throws Goldberg behind him. This is my house. Well, oh, Paige. Yeah. He looks a bit like Paige. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Henry screams. Looks to put Goldberg away. Goldberg finally a little bit of offence and knees in the corner. Oh, looking to try and take the big man down, but three attempts and Mark Henry's still standing. Looking for the big right hands. But now I've got to try and, ooh, wear Mark Henry down a little bit just for the knees to the midsection. He's gone against the ropes, yeah. Irish rip reversed by Henry, though. Catches him, Irinagi. And now, he's going to go for the pin eventually. Oh, Oh, Goldberg managing to kick out. Ah. It's weird, isn't it, how the path cross of these two Hall of Famers, Mark Henry, Traz and Free, going against Goldberg. Irish ripped him into the corner. Oh, Mark Henry comes charging in. Goldberg lifts the knee. Oh, and manages to get the big man down. A massive clothesline by Goldberg. No, he's never going to be able to. No, Mark Henry's <laughs> too strong, powers him into the corner. Well, Goldberg just wanted to finish it there. He didn't even bother about the spear. He's in serious trouble, Mark Henry. Oh, a... was Henry's ramming him into the corner. You've got to say, it's a great game plan if it is Teddy Long that set this up for Mark. He has been on Goldberg since the very get-go. He's not let him get any offence in this match. Well, it's the world's strongest man against the world's most intense man. Now Goldberg's draped over the second rope. Henry comes running in. Ooh. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Leaves a skid mark on the back of 
Goldberg's head. Looking to put Goldberg away. Just easily picks him up. Oh, my God. Shoulder breaker there. It's going to stop Goldberg going for the spear. Well, this is the thing. Not only if he beats the World Heavyweight Champion tonight, but Triple H put a bounty on Goldberg's... $100,000 bounty. Yeah, $100,000 bounty on Goldberg's head. And Mark Henry will do anything for a bar of chocolate. <laughs> he will. He will. <laughs> <For> sexual chocolate. <laughs> he's like, is that a hint? And now he's got the arm of Goldberg. But Goldberg fighting out of this. But again... Three or four strikes and takes him one blow to put Goldberg down. Now back to the arm. But Goldberg managing to roll Mark Henry now into an arm bar of his own. That was very quick by Goldberg. But Mark Henry using his weight and his power and his height just to get to that bottom rope stop the submission. But Goldberg feels pain in that arm. And Goldberg rarely feels pain. Well, he's rarely in this much trouble. It's even difficult just to manoeuvre Mark Henry to sheer mass of him. Well, he can't manhandle him as he's done with a lot of his other competitors. You've got to say credit to Mark Henry, who again plants Goldberg with another Irinagi. Going for the cover. Goldberg's managed to get shoulder up, but it's just a roll through, really. It's not uh, anything powerful in that, no, is it? It wasn't a proper kick out. Uh... <laughs> now Goldberg out. He's firing with the punches. Trying to pick Henry up again, and no chance of that. I don't know, Mark Henry saying to Goldberg, I'm just about to finish you. Irish rip into the corner. Runs in, but Goldberg dodges. Oh, he's got him up. He got him up and slammed him down. Jesus Christ. Mark Henry slowly back to his feet. With a huge clothesline by Goldberg. And a second. It's more of a shove type clothesline there. He's using his full power. Now what's he setting up for? He's looking for his spear. Oh, no. Rodney Mack. Rodney Mack with a chair to the back of Bill Goldberg. Well, this is an assault, and now Rodney Mack. Henry comes charging in. HBK comes to save the day, though. Super kick to Mack. And he's got a super, super kick, kick to yeah. Mark. <laughs> oh, he wasn't as successful. Michaels again shows up, though. Gets caught with a bear hug by Mark Henry. Oh! oh and Goldberg accidentally spears Michaels. Well, was it an accident? He's, not, he's over it, and he's got Mark Henry. No, surely not. Don't call me Shirley Goldberg can't. Jacks him up, hammers oh. him down. Well, there's no match, Goldberg. It's over and well, done with. It's, it's an instant reaction for Goldberg. Jack her into the cover. Wow, so Goldberg ran through Shawn Michaels, took down Mark Henry. Looks as dominant as ever. Dan, what do you think of that? I think Mark Henry looked quite good there. I did. I think that was a better match for Mark Henry than the last match we had of Mark Henry. You know, it's... Uh, yeah, Mark Henry looked great. Goldberg, you know, managing to overcome it. He looked set for the victory if it wasn't for uh, Rodney Mack coming in and uh, hitting him with the chair. But, yeah, you know, it was a bloody good match. Yeah, I mean, for Goldberg... At least we saw a spear and a jackhammer, do you know what I mean? I mean, that's the important Indeed. thing. Even though the spear was on Michaels <laughs> and the jackhammer was on Mark Henry. Still good. So let's have a look, proper look at the life and times of William Goldberg. Well, William Scott Goldberg, born December 27th, 1966, was born and raised in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where he had a bar mitzvah at Temple Israel and graduated from Tulsa Edison High School. He acquired a love for football early in life and was a bouncer at age 16. Goldberg's mother, Ethel, is a classical violinist, while his father, Jed, who attended Harvard University, was an obstetrician. 
was a gynaecologist. They divorced and Jed died in late 2006. Ethel also breeds flowers and creates an award-winning hybrid orchid, which she named after Goldberg. Actually, true story. That's called the Jackhammer. Yeah, there we go. Uh, His brother Michael is the owner of a music club in Aspen, Colorado. Goldberg is proud of his Jewish heritage and refused to hide it in the wrestling world including refusing to wrestle on Yom, K- Yom Kippur. Yeah, Yom Kippur was a WWE wrestler back in 98. <laughs> His Romanian great-grandfather, Marcel, emigrated from Bucharest and came to the US through Ellis Island. His other great-grandfather, Willie, Willie Goldberg. <laughs> Willie Goldberg, Russian immigrant. Sounds like a, a spy. <laughs> nah. Well, Goldberg earned a... You have followed the city, Oliver. Goldberg earned a scholarship to play for the University of Georgia Bulldogs football team where he served as a defensive... He was taken by the Los Angeles Rams in the 11th round with a 302nd overall section in the 1990 NFL Draft. Well, he played for the LA Rams in the 1990 NFL season, followed by a stint with the CFL Sacramento Gold Miners and the Atlanta Falcons from 92 to 94. After being cut from the Falcons in 95, he was selected by the new expansion team, the Carolina Panthers, in the 95 NFL expansion draft with the team. He was the first player to have been cut by the Panthers. Well, Goldberg's NFL career ended when he tore his lower abdomen off his pelvis. Ouch. He had hopes of returning to the league after rehabilitation, but due to his lack of success, was not considered a major asset. Major, major asset. asset. Goldberg has described playing in the NFL as a mixed emotional experience because despite reaching the goal simply playing in the NFL, he did not obtain the level of treatment that he desired. So then he decided... Well, he decided to turn his hand and become a wrestler. He started training and had early matches in 96 and 97 with World Championship Wrestling. And during the rehab following his NFL injury, Goldberg began powerlifting and mixed martial arts. He was spotted by Lex Luger and Sting, who urged him to try professional wrestling. Although not a fan of professional wrestling, he saw it as an alternative to his fledgling football career and began training at the WCW Power Plant. While working as Bill Gold, Goldberg made five appearances. The first was on a dark match at a Monday Nitro event on June 23rd, 1997, where he defeated Buddy Parker. He also faced and defeated Buddy Landell, Saturday Night Dark Match, Hugh Morris House Show, Chip Minton, fucking great name, Nitro Dark Match, and John Betcher. Oh, come on now. I bet you he was going <laughs> to win that match. Uh, House Show, his five appearances in a dark match on July 24th at Saturday Night Tape and a loss to Chad Fortune. Well, we go on to his undefeated streak, 97 to 98. On September 22nd, 1997 episode of Nitro, Goldberg defeated Hugh Morris in his debut match. Soon afterwards, he began to score quick victories over his fellow WCW wrestlers in the range of one to two minutes. Goldberg's succession of wins saw him quickly advance up the card and he was pushed as a singles wrestler. The newcomer captivated fans with his monstrous yet silent charisma brute strength and agility that saw him vault the ropes, perform high kicks and even the occasional backflip. Goldberg made his pay-per-view debut at Starcade, defeating Steve McMichael. Yeah, good old Mongo. Well, in early 1998, Goldberg squashed Brad Armstrong at Super Bowl 8 and pinned Perry Saturn at Spring Stampede. Spoiler alert for this month. In mid-March, WWE stopped referring to him by his full name, shortened simply, simply to Bill. No, to simply to Goldberg. Around this time, WWE began counting Goldberg's consecutive wins on television as he continued to climb up the ranks. Goldberg's win over Saturn was his 74th consecutive without a loss, and the next night at Nitro, he challenged Raven for the US heavyweight title that Raven had won the night before at Spring Stampede. 
Despite influence from Raven's flock, Goldberg overpowered them all and defeated Raven to win his first professional wrestling championship. Two days later, on April 22nd episode of Thunder, he made his first successful title defence against Mike Enos. Goldberg then started a feud with Raven and the Flock at Slambury, uh, <coughs> at Raven and the Flock. At Stanbury, at Slambury, he ended his feud with the Flock after a successful title defence against Saturn. Goldberg continued to make ses- Goldberg continued to make successful title defences against Conan at the Great American Bash and Kurt Hennig. By this time, he had adopted the catchphrase, who's next, in reference to his rapidly expanding winning streak. Well, as Goldberg was getting over as a main eventer, he continued to defend the United States title, was slowly becoming a contender for the WCW World Heavyweight title that was held by the NWO leader, Hollywood Hogan. Hogan eventually promised Goldberg a title match. The match was scheduled for July 6th, night night episode of Nitro held at the George Dome in Atlanta with over 40,000 in attendance. But Goldberg insisted that Goldberg first had to defeat the NWO stablemate Scott Hall. Goldberg won and later in the evening was able to defeat Hogan to become WWE World Heavyweight Champion, in turn vacating the United States Championship. At Halloween Havoc, the feud was settled after Goldberg defeated Page to retain his title. Goldberg, uh, according to Goldberg, his match against Page was a favourite match of his career. At Starcade, Goldberg's undefeated streak ended at an official count of 173-0. and And after 174 days as champion, when he lost the title to Kevin Nash after Scott Hall, disguised as a ringside security guard, made a run-in and shot Goldberg with a taser gun. Well, Goldberg, however, got his revenge at sold out when he defeated Hall in a ladder taser match. Goldberg won when he used the taser, which was hung high above the ring, requiring a ladder to obtain it. At the same time, the WF began mocking Goldberg with a character, Gilberg, a jobber who dressed similar to Goldberg and mocked his signature entrance and mannerisms, but was small and scrawny, using the catchphrase, who's first since he never won. Well, Goldberg's win-loss record at WCW events from 97 to 98 differed from that which was perpetuated by the company, with the official figure exaggerating the number of matches in which he won to 173. Nick Schwartz wrote, No one really knows Goldberg's actual record was. It's generally accepted that 173 and 0 is an inflated number. Some of Goldberg's industry peers have stated that the figure was exaggerated. His then WWE colleague Chris Jericho stated one week he'd be at 42 and 0, seven days later he'd be at 58 and 0. Did stepping on bugs count? Yeah, but manager Jimmy Hart, who also worked with Goldberg WWE, regardless of level of management, is kind of funny. Miz said the number would go on and on. But wait a second, you know, the, the figures about the Goldberg Street is not the 173 number that I'm impressed with. It's the fact that he went undefeated for a certain amount of time. It's like the Oscar undefeated streak right now is not the real fucking numbers. You know, she's she had no finishes to, con- no contests, you know, matches. Obviously lost other tag team matches and stuff. It's like, I, I, you know, and, and at WrestleMania when they announced the crowd as 93,000 people at WrestleMania 3 when it was only like 76,000. That, but it's funny how it seems WWE people have a problem with other companies doing it, and yet when they do it, it kind of gets forgotten about. Indeed, yes. Well, anyway, at Spring Stampede, Goldberg gained his revenge against Nash by defeating him. Then at Stanbury, the following month, Goldberg was injured and attacked by Rick and Scott Steiner and took some time off prayer for his movie debut in the 1993 Universal Soldier The Return alongside Jean-Claude Van Damme. He began focusing on Sid Vicious, who challenged him to a match to end Sid's winning streak. The two feuded with each other, which culminated in a match at Halloween Havoc for Sid's US Championship. Goldberg defeated Sid via a referee stoppage 
and thus won his second US Heavyweight Championship. Later that night, he answered an open challenge from WCW World Heavyweight Champion Sting and defeated him to win the championship. Well, the next episode of Nitro, J.J. Gillen ruled that match had not been sanctioned by WSW and that therefore Goldberg's victory was void. Sting, however, was not given a title back due to his attack on a referee during the event. Uh, yeah, of course, right. And Dylan announced a 32-man tournament for the now vacant title, which included Goldberg. Well, Goldberg wrestled Bret Hart on the same Nitro in the first round of the tournament in a match that also served as the first defence of his newly won US Heavyweight Championship. Sid Vicious managed to interfere in the contest and cost Goldberg the match, thus giving him his second career loss, costing him the title and eliminating from the tournament, which was eventually won by Hart at Mayhem in November. Well, Goldberg continued his rivalry with Vicious and defeated him in an eye-quit match at Mayhem to close their feud. Shortly thereafter, Goldberg joined forces with Hart, teamed with him to defeat Creative Control for the WWE World Tag Team Championship. One week later, they lost the title to the Outsiders, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. At Starcade, Goldberg challenged Hart for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. In the course of the match, Goldberg delivered a stiff kick to Hart's head, legitimately giving him a concussion and tearing a muscle in his neck. Hart continued on, suffering what he believed to be at least one other concussion, his head on the floor while executing a ring post-assisted figure four leg lock. The match ended when Roddy Piper, the special guest referee for the contest, declared Hart the winner despite Goldberg never having submitted to the sharpshooter. Hart vacated the title the next night at Nitro, saying he did not want to win that way, and gave Goldberg a rematch. Goldberg was defeated again due to outside interference from Hall and Nash, who came to the ring brandishing baseball bats, which they used to attack Goldberg. In a... Hart took one of the bats from the outside and began beating on Goldberg himself, doing enough damage to score a pin and regain his championship. After the mass match, Hall, Nash, Hart and Jeff Jarrett reformed the NWO and gave Goldberg a new target for a feud. That, however, would not last long. Shortly after his title match loss, Goldberg injured himself on a December 23rd, 1999 episode of Thunder during a sequence where he chased NWO limousine into the parking lot. The sequence called for Goldberg to pound on the windshield of the limousine with his hands. To ensure safety, Goldberg had assistance from a piece of metal pipe and his hands were covered in black tape. After this, Goldberg was to break some of the vehicle's windows. There were four windows on the side of the limousine and through the third window... Uh, <coughs> sorry... There were four windows on the side of the limousine and Goldberg broke the first two with his hands. He then got aggressive, putting his forearm through the third window and immediately gashing it. Goldberg finished the sequence by pounding the hood of the limo with his bloody arm, but immediately after it ended, he was taken from the arena and rushed to a nearby hospital where the wound was patched Goldberg lost a, lost a large amount of blood due to that incident. At the Great American Bash, Goldberg betrayed Nash during Nash's World Championship match against Jeff Jarrett and turned into a heel for the first time in his career, allying himself with a new blood faction. This did not last long, as Goldberg again was lost to his time. As a result of this betrayal, Goldberg feuded with Nash and defeated him at Bash at the Beach with the help from fellow new blood member Scott Steiner. Goldberg participated in a triangle number one contenders match against Nash Steiner at New Blood Rising, which Nash won. Goldberg walked out of the match midway through while Nash had him ready for the jackknife powerbomb and swore at Vince Russo as he left the ring, turning face again. He then began the rivalry with Steiner, culminating in a no-DQ match at Fulbro, which Goldberg lost due to outside interference. After his loss to Steiner, Goldberg's rivalry with Russo accelerated and in October, having finally had enough, Russo gave Goldberg an ultimatum. If Goldberg was to lose another match at any point in time, unless he managed to duplicate his undefeated winning streak from 97 to 98, 
who would be forced to retire from, pres- from, from professional wrestling. Goldberg defeated Chronic, Brian Adams and Brian Clark at Halloween Havoc in a handicap elimination match. He then started a feud with Lex Luger. This culminated in a match which Goldberg won. They continued their rivalry and battled in a rematch at Starcade. Goldberg won the match, but afterwards he was attacked by Luger's partner, Buff Bagwell. Goldberg feuded with both Luger and Bagwell, who called himself totally buffed. His streak was broken at sin when Goldberg, teaming with his power plant trainer, D. Wayne Bruce, lost a totally buffed in a tag team no-disqualification match after a fan maced him, enabling totally buffed to pin him. Well, the story enabled Goldberg to have shoulder surgery, but WSW was sold to the WF in March 2001, while Goldberg was still recuperating. The WF... WWF did not buy out Goldberg's contract with Time Warner, as they had done with several other WWF employees, so he's not involved in the WWF invasion angle. Goldberg instead remained under contract with Time Warner until May 2002, so he was under Time Warner a, a year after the fact WWF closed down. And uh, when he agreed on the contract, he was WWF's highest paid athlete alongside Bret Hart, earning $2.5 million per year, a sum which had risen to $3.5 million in the final year of the contract due to have expired in July 2003. So, in a way, they did well to get Goldberg down for a long amount of time, but in yeah. the end, they just didn't use him right in WCW, you know? <clears throat> well, after that, he went on to All Japan Pro Wrestling. And Goldberg has suffered an arm injury during the Toyota Pro Celebrity Race at the Long Beach Grand Prix 2002. In August 2002, he returned to the ring in Japan. He initially joined All Japan Pro Wrestling, defeating Satoshi Kojima, Kojima Toyo Kia, and went on to defeat Rick Steiner in a match for the W1 promotion, and teamed with Keiji Muto to defeat Chronic. His success in, Jaf- in Japan led to the WWF, now renamed World Wrestling Entertainment, to, being con- to begin contract negotiations with him. Well, after leaving Japan, Goldberg signed a one-year contract with WWE, debuting on the March 31st episode of Raw, the night after WrestleMania 19, and starting a feud with The Rock by performing a spear on him. The rivalry intensified when the, Gold- when the Rock... When the Goldberg, when the Rock held a segment entitled "The Rock Concert," where he taunted Goldberg along with Gilberg, but Goldberg defeated him in his debut match on, at Backlash on April twenty seventh, following three spears and a jackhammer. <laughs> well, Goldberg went undefeated over the subsequent half year, defeating Three Minute Warning in his first match on Raw. Goldberg defeated Christian the following week on Raw in a steel cage match. Goldberg next feuded with Chris Jericho. When during Jericho's first edition of the Highlight Reel, an interview show where Goldberg was the guest. So Goldberg was the first guest on the first edition of the Highlight Reel. There we go, yeah, a little fact. Um, he complained that no one wanted Goldberg in the WWE and continued to insult him in the following weeks. On May 12th episode of Raw, a mystery assailant attempted to run over Goldberg with a limousine. The following week on Raw, the Raw co-general manager Stone Cold Steve Austin interrogated several superstars to find out who was driving the car. One of the interrogatees was Lance Storm, who admitted that he was the assailant. Austin forced Storm into a match with Goldberg, who defeated Storm immediately. Uh, who defeated Storm immediately after which Goldberg faced forced Storm to admit that Jericho was the superstar who conspired Storm into running him over. On the May 26th episode of Raw, Goldberg was once again a guest on the highlight reel, where Jericho expressed jealousy towards Goldberg's success in WCW 
and felt since joining WWE he had achieved everything he had ever wanted in his career and all that was left was to defeat Goldberg and challenged him to a match of bad blood on June the 15th. Goldberg defeated Jericho. Well, Goldberg entered a rivalry with Triple H, challenging him for the World Heavyweight Championship at SummerSlam on August 23rd in the second Elimination Chamber match. After eliminating Randy Orton, Shawn Michaels and Chris Jericho, he's pinned by Triple H after Ric Flair threw a sledgehammer inside the chamber and Triple H hit Goldberg with it, meaning Triple H retained the title. Goldberg continued his feud with Triple H and defeated him for the World Heavyweight Championship at Unforgiven on September 21st after agreeing to put his career on the line. The next night in Raw, Goldberg successfully retained the title against Chris Jericho. Week on Raw, Triple H issued a $100,000 bounty to anybody who could take Goldberg out. Stephen Richards, Mark Henry, Lava Zistance and Tommy Dreener all attempted to collect the bounty, but they were unsuccessful. On the October 20th episode of Raw, Batista collected the bounty after he interfered in Goldberg's total defence against Shawn Michaels and attacked Goldberg, placing a folding chair around Goldberg's ankle and jumping off the middle rope onto the chair, shattering his ankle. Furious, Goldberg demanded a match against Batista, but Triple H got involved in the match by trying to cripple Goldberg, who executed the spear on Triple H and attacked Batista with a sledgehammer. At Survivor Series on November 16th, Goldberg retained the title against Triple H, despite interference from Evolution. On November 17th episode of Raw, Goldberg faced Triple H, Randy Orton and Batista in a handicap match, but he was pinned following an RKO, Batista bomb and a pedigree. After the match, Kane unexpectedly came out to seemingly assist Goldberg after Evolution continued their assault on him in the match. After scaring off Evolution, he turned on Goldberg and executed a chokeslam on him. The following week on Raw, Kane attacked Goldberg again while he was defending the championship against Triple H in a rematch from Survivor Series and expressed his desire to face Goldberg for the title. <coughs> Raw general manager Eric Bischoff scheduled Goldberg to defend the championship against both Kane and Triple H in a triple threat match at Armageddon. Goldberg teamed with Shawn Michaels and Rob Van Dam to, f- uh, to face Kane, Batista and Orton in a six-man tag team match. On the December 8th edition of Raw, Goldberg faced Kane in a lumberjack match, which ended in a disqualification when Evolution and Mark Henry entered the ring and assaulted Goldberg. At Armageddon on December 14th, Goldberg lost the title when Triple H pinned him after interference from Evolution and a chokeslam from Kane, thus ending his reign at 84 days. Well, Survivor Series also marked the first time Goldberg met the WWE Champion Brock Lesnar by interrupting after the latter remark that he could beat anyone in the world. The feud escalated at the 2004 Royal Rumble on January 25th when Goldberg was in the midst of dominating the Rumble match. He eliminated Charlie Haas, Billy Gunn and Nunzio as the 30th entrant until Lesnar interfered in the match and executed an F5 on Goldberg. Angrily distracted at Lesnar's attack, Goldberg was eliminated by Kurt Angle. Found revenge after defeating Mark Henry and Jonathan Coachman in a no-disqualification handicap match following Raw, Goldberg declared Lesnar his next victim. Yeah, General Manager Paul Heyman appeared on Raw and along with Mr McMahon attempted to get Goldberg to leave Lesnar. But Goldberg executed a spear on Heyman and accidentally executed a spear on Austin when he was aiming for McMahon. Goldberg attended No Way Out as a fan confronting Lesnar at the event and after several insults by Lesnar entered the ring uh, and countered an F5 from Lesnar with a jackhammer before being detained and escorted out of the arena by security guards. During the main event match between Lesnar and Eddie Guerrero on February the 15th, Goldberg re-emerged from the crowd and cost Lesnar the title. Lesnar then demanded a match with Goldberg at WrestleMania 20 on March 14th, uh, <coughs> at WrestleMania 20 on March 14th, with Austin serving as special guest referee. Fans knew this would be the final WWE match for both Goldberg and Lesnar, thus gave largely negative reactions throughout the performance. 
Goldberg won the match, causing Lesnar to shoot Austin the middle finger, but instead he received a Stone Cold Stunner in return. As Goldberg celebrated his victory with Austin, he also received a Stone Cold Stunner. And that was it for Goldberg. He wasn't happy with WWE, so he left. And we didn't hear a lot about him, but then Goldberg made his return to professional wrestling on June 7th, 2015 at the Legends of Wrestling Show at City Field in New York. While he was not scheduled to wrestle at an event, Goldberg came to the aid of RVD after his match with Scott Steiner. He performed a spear on Steiner and a jackhammer on Doc Gallows. And then on January 23rd, 2016, Goldberg made a second return for the Legends of Wrestling event in Miami where he delivered another spear to Steiner after his match with Chavo Guerrero. And then he returned to the WWE and he began another feud with Brock Lesnar. Uh, On May 31st, 2016, Goldberg was announced as a pre-order bonus for the WWE 2K17 video game. Throughout the summer, Goldberg and WWE 2K17 cover star and former rival Brock Lesnar traded insults with each other through social media and WWE 2K events such as Gamescom. Goldberg would also appear at a WWE 2K SummerSlam event the weekend before the pay-per-view took place, fueling speculation that he would be he would be appearing at the event to confront Lesnar. Goldberg then appeared on October the 3rd episode of SportsCenter where he contemplated a return to WWE. This led to Paul Heyman challenging Goldberg to face Lesnar on the October 10th episode of Raw with Heyman stating that Goldberg was the one blemish on Lesnar's WWE career, as Goldberg had defeated Lesnar at WrestleMania 20 in 2004. Well, the following week on Raw, Goldberg returned to WWE for the first time in 12 years, accepting Heyman's challenge and signalling that Lesnar would be next and last. On the October 24th episode of Raw, Lesnar returned with Heyman, who insulted Goldberg. It was then announced that their match would take place at Survivor Series. On October 31st episode of Raw, Goldberg returned to address Lesnar's comments from the previous week, only to be interrupted by Heyman, who teased that Lesnar was on there, who teased that Lesnar was there, but Rusev came out instead. Uh, Goldberg executed a jackhammer on Rusev and a spear on Heyman. On the final Raw before Survivor Series, Goldberg and Lesnar had a face-off, resulting in a brawl with security. At Survivor Series on November the 20th, Goldberg defeated Lesnar in 1 minute and 26 seconds. The next night on Raw, Goldberg celebrated his victory over Lesnar and declared himself the first participant in the 2017 Raw Rumble match. The following week on Raw Survivor Series match, stating that he underestimated Goldberg and that the match was a humiliation and embarrassment for him and Lesnar, who would also be in the Raw Rumble match and he had something to prove. Goldberg returned on the January 2nd, 2017 episode of Raw, where he confronted Chris Jericho and Universal Champ Kevin Owens, stating he would win the Rumble match and challenge for the Universal Championship at WrestleMania 33. Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman then came out to announce their intentions at the Royal Rumble, and after a stare down, Goldberg and Reigns performed a double spear on Strowman. Once more, the January 23rd episode of Raw, where he was confronted by Lesnar and The Undertaker. During the Royal Rumble match on January 29th, Goldberg entered at number 28 and eliminated Lesnar following a brief confrontation and spear, as well as eliminated by Rusev and Luke Harper before being eliminated by The Undertaker. Lesnar then appeared on the following night's episode of Raw and challenged Goldberg to one final match at WrestleMania 33. Goldberg went to accept Lesnar's challenge on the February 6th episode of Raw whilst interrupting Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho in the process. Goldberg would challenge Owens to a Universal Championship match at Fastlane with Jericho accepted on Owens' behalf and the match was made official later that night. On the February, 20th, <laughs> on the February 27th episode of Raw, Goldberg and Owens had one final confrontation with Goldberg claiming that if he would win the Universal Championship, he would... Defend it against Lesnar at WrestleMania 33. At Farsane on March 5th after a distraction from Jericho, who Owens turned on during the February 13th episode of Raw, 
Goldberg defeated Owens to win the Universal Championship. At WrestleMania 33 on April 2nd, despite performing four spears and a jackhammer, Goldberg lost the title to Lesnar in what was his first clean singles loss. Goldberg appeared on the following night on Raw Talk. <coughs> Goldberg appeared the following night on Raw Talk, which aired on the WWE Network after the Raw broadcast, to wish fans farewell, but ultimately did not rule out a return in the future. So that is Goldberg's wrestling career, and he's done a lot more. Like we said, a film. Uh, so we just run through the, the films he's done. We have a laugh, and then we we'll go through the TV shows, and then we'll watch one final Goldberg match, and it will be the end. So, 1999, he was Luger in the Jesse Ventura story. He was Romeo in the Universal Soldier, The Return. He was Goldberg in Ready to Rumble 2000. He was Mr. Smith in Looney Tunes Back in Action. In uh, Longest Yard, he was Battle. In The Kid and I, he was Goldberg. Yeah, Santa Slay was Santa Claus. Uh, he was William Burke in Half Past Dead 2. <laughs> Half Past Dead sounds good. Half Past Dead 2. Mm. Kill Speed, Big Bad John. Uh, he was Sax in Manico. He was Gus in Holly Jingles and Clyde 3D. He was himself in Nine Legends. And Hawk in American Satan. Fucking hell. Right, he's been in a lot of stuff. So, uh, The Love Boat, The Next Wave. He was Lou the Pariah Maguire. <laughs> he was himself in Louis Frew's Weird Weekends, E! True Hollywood Story and The Man Show. Uh, big Guy in Yes Dear. He was an angry bus passenger in Family Guy. He was himself in Arliss and Punked. He was in. He was Pain King in Kim Possible. Santa Claus again in Monster Garage. He was in Modern Marvels. He was an inmate in Desperate Housewives. Uh, he was the host of the Biker Build Off and Automaniac. He was a Cupid in Law and Order Special Victims Unit. He was the host of Bull Run. He was himself in Hogan Celebrity Championship Wrestling. He was himself and a contestant in Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? And he was again himself in A Celebrity Apprentice. He was uh, Nick Meller, uh, brother to Coach Meller in The Goldbergs. And you're a big fan of The Goldbergs, aren't you? I do like The Goldbergs. Yeah. Uh, Well, you can do the next one as well. He was also himself in The Grand Tour where he went against AJ and Andy Joshua. And who won? Goldberg. Goldberg won, didn't he? Yes, he did. And then, of course, in The Flash 2018, Big Sir for two episodes so i mean goldberg for people say he might have a little talent but uh or you know not greatest wrestler in the world but what he had was enough <laughs> you know and the amount of success he's had so one final match dan what is it for goldberg <clears throat> well goldberg challenges ddp for his world championship wrestling heavyweight title and that is april 19th 1999 episode of nitro nitro number 188 so let's do this now Nah. Goldberg. So what made you such a big fan of Goldberg, Dan? Um, Just his domination when he was in uh, WCW, you know, throughout his early career. His intensity, you know, his no-nonsense approach to matches. He didn't really say much. He wasn't the greatest of talkers, but he didn't need to be. He'd done all his talking in the ring. And, you know, many people refer to him as a WCW rip-off of Austin, but... Two characters was completely different. You know, I know they was both like, you know, fearless. They both came out not caring. But, you know, it's I think that's where the similarities kind of ended between yeah. the two. Yeah, no, they are completely different, aren't they? And even the kind of response and love they got from the fans was different. Whereas Austin was a kind of like a everyday type man. Goldberg had that kind of intimidating... Look, we talked about superheroes earlier. You know, he had that kind of superstar, uh, superman physique, especially the undefeated streak. 
you thought, oh, maybe you can't get the job done against Bill Goldberg. But Page, who's been feuding with Goldberg a few matches, some great Goldberg matches he's had with him over the past couple of years. But well title on the line tonight here on Nitro. So will we see another uh, another one of our Hall of Famers losing in a title match? <laughs> I mean, well, you know, it's... Uh, they've not had the best record tonight, have they? No. Goldberg coming out as intense as you like. And the fans absolutely loved him, along with myself. You know, he was uh, definitely a big star. He was built like a wrestler. And, you know, even his entrance. Everything about him was intimidating. Like I said, walking through the fire and blowing smoke as he comes. It's just a shame they didn't use Goldberg correctly in WSW. It's a shame Ego got in the way of a character that could have saved a company, you know? Well, you know, also towards the end of his WCW career as well, you know, like, as well as what went on into WWE. But, you know, towards the end when he was... He was... I know he didn't suffer many clean losses, but, you know, it was the ego of Kevin Nash, the ego of Hulk Hogan that kind of slowed everything down for him. Yeah, just imagine if, like, you know, Austin during his... We just won the title WrestleMania, you lose it in a couple of months' time to even Michaels again in the rematch or, like, Triple H due to shenanigans. It would just... Even if you've got a character as good as that, if you don't put him in the right position, you're going to kill a company. And this is what happened here. You had someone like Goldberg, someone like Page. We talked about this before with the kind of dub-stubby wrestlers that they could have put on a great show, but instead Ego got in the way and ruined it all. So how long do you reckon before the NWO kind of get themselves involved in this match, even though it's nothing to do with <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, so uh, how long is the match? How long have we got left? Uh, about five minutes. <laughs> That's always a response. Well, look, Goldberg and Page going nose to nose. Yeah. Shouting insults, but again, they bump fists. You know, after the referee tried getting involved, he got shoved out of the way by the <laughs> pair of them, saying, look, keep your nose out of this. But, you know, again, DDP, Greg, not the greatest worker in the ring, but... You know, he still got the job done every time he was in there. This is the thing, isn't it? And it, it, you need the help from your fellow guy. And DDP was more than happy to give Goldberg or make him look dominant and give him the help that he needed in the ring. You see already with the power, Goldberg pushing DDP away. And I think the respect's already gone because they fist bumped and then Goldberg spat at him. So. <laughs> yes. Maybe it's just the intensity of uh, old Bill here. Old Bill Withers. Yeah. Oh, and a shoulder barge from Goldberg to DDP sends DDP crashing through the ring ropes and out of the ring. I don't think Page was expecting that. Well, Page is, uh, well, I say he looks like a veteran, even though he might not be an in-ring veteran, but he's picked up things over the years. And then he's got to take his time with Goldberg. And the two tying up and Page getting the better of it this time. Looking for the old shoulder breaker, looking for the diamond cutter early, but Goldberg again just shoving him and Page hung up in the ropes. And Goldberg saying, look, I'm not going to fall for that one. I, I, I think if you look at natural power... And, it, and like this, I think Goldberg might be one of the strongest men to ever compete in professional wrestling. It's just the ease you see him um, manhandling opponents. You know, I know Brock Lesnar, you could argue that, but with Goldberg, he just made it look easy. This is the guy who's picked up the Giant, Mark Henry, you know, any any big guy he's been in the ring with. He, and he's picked him up yeah. as a jack to slam, yeah. you know. You've got to think that's impressive as Goldberg again slams down DDP. But you seen like, you know, when... Lesnar was trying to belly to belly or belly to back suplex on Strowman. He barely gets him off his feet. Yeah. And I think Strowman has to assist a lot of that, and that's just an overhead throw. I think Lesnar, recent times, like he he's, he's gone out the window with that. You know, he he worries about other things. He's, it's like he's training to be a UFC fighter again, as opposed yeah. to kind of this. It would be interesting. Goldberg picking up Strowman. Even now, I think Goldberg would be able to pick up Strowman, jackhammer, take him down. 
can he take down DDP for the World Heavyweight title tonight? That's what we're asking ourselves. That is a different matter, yes. I mean, you know, DDP is a good talent. He's very clever as well. This is the thing. It's our last match on our Hall of Fame special 2018. Mm. It's the third podcast out of seven that we're releasing in nine days. And, uh, oh, this has been a great one here today. Uh-oh. Into shoulder bars Goldberg. I don't think a lot of people take him off his feet. But Goldberg responded <laughs> with a spear of his own. <laughs> look at the intensity in his face. Saying, what do you think about that, bitch? Yeah. I'm impressed. Talking to you, yeah, I'm impressed. Bitch. Oh, DDP though, grabbing the trunks, pull Goldberg, pulls Goldberg headfirst into the turnbuckle. But what recovery time from the spear? Oh, oh swinging net breaker by DDP. That was absolutely beautiful. Page going for the cover, but oh, Goldberg kicks out. Uh-huh. Oh, and Goldberg into the turnbuckle there, bounces back. Page catches him looking for an overhead suplex, but Goldberg turns it. Page still managed to deliver a belly to belly. Oh. Goldberg kicking out after one. One. Uh-huh. Showing his power there. Page going for a front face lock. Just trying to wear Big Bill down. Wearing down Goldberg, but a huge Goldberg chance. They do indeed. And Goldberg powers up to his feet, though. Oh, a lovely, like a hip lock suplex there by Goldberg. Shoots the half, but Page managing to kick out. Ah. Well, those body shots by Goldberg onto Page before the suplex. He's got to take it out of Page, you know. <laughs> we know how damaged his ribs have been over the past couple of years in WCW. Goldberg may be targeting that. Irish whip. Oh, powerful sidewalk slam there. Slams Page down. Is he signalling for the end? I think he is. He looks confident as he roars at us. He looks intense. Right hand to Page. Oh, Page, Page looking for the diamond cutter, but Goldberg reverses that. Oh, as he turns him down to a lovely power slam. Goes for the cover. Two. Oh, oh, but Page managing to kick out. Ah, and that would probably be any normal man. But Page isn't a normal man. We've seen his uh, toughness and determination. He walked right up to Goldberg and get drilled in the face. Goldberg now, Irish whip. Oh, but Page with a head scissors there, like a hurricane runner, as Goldberg was looking for another power slam. The overconfidence, maybe, by Bill Goldberg, caught with a big boot. Oh, and Page eliminates Goldberg and himself from the Royal Rumble. Both men landing on the wafer-thin mats. Referee's countless helps no one but Page. Page throws Goldberg back in now, looking to go off the top. Oh, hops his way up to the top rope. Lovely close on takedown there. Two. Oh, no. Goldberg managing to kick out. Now uh-huh. Page picks up Goldberg, but Goldberg with a jawbreaker. Stuns Page back to the ropes. Page with foot up, spins him round, goes for the pattern of clothesline. Goldberg dodges it, hits him with a super kick. Looking for a spear. Goldberg's cocked, locked, and unlo- <coughs> cocked, locked, and ready to unload. But Page, he's uh, he's biding his time. He's waiting in the corner. Goldberg comes charging in. Page lifts his legs. Goldberg hits the ring post. Well, that's one way to stop the spear. Like I said, if you're in the corner, Goldberg took that risk there, coming in with full momentum, moved the ring slightly, and now Page trying to take advantage of this. Hits the diamond cutter. Diamond cutter turns him for the pin. One, two, oh, oh, but Goldberg, not only does he kick out, but he throws Page onto the referee. <laughs> uh, the referee seems okay at the moment. Page, Page gets frustrated. Page using the referee to help him up, pushes him down. Has he got a set of nuts? I think, yeah, he's looking for an equaliser. The referee can't see it now. <laughs> oh, oh, fuck. Goldberg primed for the spear. Page <laughs> held the referee in front of him. The referee took the full force of that spear. 
and Paige crawls outside to safety. And he's still got those uh, brass knucks around his ha- hand. Oh! Looks to hit Goldberg, but Goldberg blocks it. And now he's got Paige on the apron. What's he going to do? Jacks him up, hammers him down. Goes for the cover, but the referee's knocked out. The referee's <laughs> never going to get up again from that spear. Well, you get hit by Goldberg's spear. It takes it out of you, but Goldberg's still checking on him. Referee is actually dead. Goldberg knows that. You know, you see how much punishment Goldberg's taking. Barely get to his feet. Page is up. Oh, Page hits Goldberg on the back of the head with them loaded knuckles. Kicks him to the outside. I don't think Page is finished with Goldberg yet. Well, Page has recovered quite well after being hit with a jackhammer. I'll give him that. And he got up quite quickly after Spear as well, didn't he? So. And he's just punching away at Goldberg's head with them brass knucks on. Okay, if one doesn't do the job, try ten. Now the knuckles weren't quite enough. He's going for the steel ring steps as well. And Goldberg. Oh, he just dropped on Goldberg's foot. <laughs> well, he's dropped on his foot and now. He's going to try to break the ankle. Goldberg got it on the stairs. And steel on steel with Goldberg's shin in between. This might be the most punishment we've ever seen Goldberg take in a match. Page dishing it out. He must have broken the ankle there on, this chair, on these stairs. <laughs> he thought the referee was going to hold the steel chair. <laughs> oh, Page. Bless him. He thought the ring post was a... St- <laughs> now the referee's in position. Hey! hey. Oh, <laughs> fucking ref bump number two. As Paige literally flips the referee apron onto the barricade and punches in with them loaded knuckles. But Goldberg, incredibly, is getting to his feet. Crawling back in the ring. Paige isn't done with him yet, though. Now he's going to try to put a figure four in. Kevin Nash is on his way down. Punches DDP. He's part of the Wolfpack, then I take it. Yeah, it looks like a way, and he's going to help. Oh, that's nice. Considering what they've them to have been through. Well, considering, yeah, Kevin Nash stopped the streak. They seem happy to see each other, and I'm sure nothing's going to happen here. Just going to help him gently back in the ring. There you go, lovely. We're friends. DDP's got title belt. Oh. Caves Nash's skull in with a big gold belt. Second one for good measure. I think Paige is getting out of here. Oh, look, Nash no-selling a title shot as well. Well, what was WWE's problem in 1999? I think we've just seen it there. But, Dan, what do you think of the match? Um, yeah, I think the match was actually quite good, you know. It's one of the more competitive matches we've seen Goldberg involved in, which is also a, uh, which is always a nice thing. And, you know, it's... Uh, I don't know. Again, you know, it was one of the problems back in them days. You know, the phony finishes and... You know, just the silliness of it. But, yeah, it was a bloody good match between the two of them. Yeah, and it's been fun, hasn't it, this Hall of Fame podcast? It's been a little longer than we thought it was going to be, but still very enjoyable. We've, we've had the uh, the six inductees to the Hall of Fame, and we're going to join the Hall of Fame ceremony. We'll bring that to you when we can. I'm not promising anything at the moment. Hall of Fame ceremony, of course, is Friday before WrestleMania. Uh, but our next podcast, before we even get there, this is Monday, next podcast is Wednesday. And it's a podcast extra. It's a mixed match challenge. That is our next show. And then let's have a look at the schedule. Friday, the 6th of April, we'll have the WNR 151, which will be the WNR Network Review for April. We'll have 205 Live, NXT, all the latest rumours. That will start off our huge live weekend. Saturday on the 7th is our live NXT TakeOver event. And we're live from 11 o'clock. 
Sunday, WWE WrestleMania live kickoff. Our first ever live kickoff. Eight, don't forget, I can't wait. We're going to start at 10 p.m. for that one. 10. Dan, final thoughts on the Hall of Fame? Uh, yeah, it's a very strong Hall of Fame this year. I think it's one of the strongest I've ever seen. Um, a lot, a lot of variety. And, uh, yeah, you know, of course, headlined by one of my favourites, Goldberg. It's always going to be a good ceremony. Yeah, exactly. That's what we can hope for. But, like I said, lots more still to go. Three down, four to go on the seven podcast in nine days. All in, like we say, our live weekend. But that is it to follow us. Or to, to contact us, you can follow us on Twitter at WWE Network Review or... At Vince McDan, WWE. Underscore Roland. We've also got a friend on Twitter. Yes, and he's, <coughs> yes, and he's Mini Chris Benoit and he's just trying to make the world a better place and you can follow him at Mini Chris Benoit. Across all the Google platforms, WWE Network Review on Google Plus. Send us an email, the WWE Podcast at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook. Yes, Facebook. You can come and find our page and give us a like with a WWE Network Review podcast. Or you can come and find me and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, WWE Network Review podcast. We've got clips going up there daily. And the episodes go at the same time as do other places like SoundCloud. On your phone. You've got Spreaker Radio, where our live shows start April 7th and April 8th, Fantasy Takeover, and our first ever WrestleMania live kickoff. Stitcher Radio and iTunes, where you can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. But that is it. Like I say, next up Wednesday, the Mixed Match Challenge podcast extra part two. Two. But until then, I have been James Rowlands, and as always, I was joined by... Damn right. Thanks for listening, everybody, and bye. Bye.